that sounds right, right? Because I mean, unironically, I believe for the most part, like white women have like ruined the nation. And it's, <laughs> you know, I, I believe that. Fuck white yeah. women. You're listening to the Art and War podcast with your host, Mitch and Nathan. Mitch is a former airborne infantry squad leader who now spends most of his time coaching soccer. Nathan is a professional illustrator and an avid shooter with a couple of years of Canadian military experience. Together, they run the Seaburn Art page. Enjoy the show. Was it an example? Oh, no. Um, so fun fact, fun fact, actually, I, ugh, let me get shifted here. Um, I registered as a cam girl on my free cams years ago. I've got several friends who do it. And I myself never like have gone on display, but my artwork gets ravaged. So I don't have to. So I would hang out and draw, you know, like anime girls getting railed by like tentacles or gangbanged or whatever. And then I could auction those pieces off on social media uh, to um, my fellow degenerates. And it was excellent. Uh, and it was really fun to just sit there and, you know, draw some screaming hentai girl and make a bunch of money for it over the course of the night and talk shit. And it was awesome. And when you're registered as a cam girl through my free cams, my free cams actually puts on a ton of events like all over the place. So I would get into AVN for free and spend like a whole week as one of the girls, like being able to go to penthouse suites and have free dinners everywhere and like escorts and like girls only environments if I felt like it. And then they also put on events like all over the nation for they host suicide girls and other kinds of like shows and whatnot. So it just kind of gave me free access to this really fun world. And um, so before I moved uh, to Seattle, like, uh, three and a half years ago now, I was, I've done a lot of jobs, grew up doing contracting and stuff like that. But one of my favorite jobs that I had done was I was DJ and manager at a strip club in Northern California for a long time. <laughs> so being a stage manager was super fun. Yeah. Like I had these, my job was to, you know, round up the girls and make sure that, you know, they were in line and be like, okay, Jade, you're up after Honey, who's up after Savannah? Like, let's go. And then the whole night I would be emceeing and the girls would actually tip me as the DJ as well, which was really fucking awesome. So at the end of the night, I would be walking home depending on the night with a bunch of money from like both people and uh, girls alike for playing music, which that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that is... Not the answer that I expected. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Holy shit! There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there. There's there's a ton to unpack there. Don't apologize. That's incredible. (laughs) So I'm uh, just like, are are you a cam girl? No, but (laughs) so how? I mean, that's yeah. What's the most that you have made auctioning off one of those pieces? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, like one of the slutty ones, or just like in general? Uh, Both. Fuck it. I mean, art in general, like I've had people buy pieces for, you know, four digits. Uh, But when it comes to uh, like my regular artwork that I just kind of pitch, usually a couple hundred dollars, Mm -hmm. you know, starting. So, like, I mean, I'll start at 50 and some of them will stay kind of low depending on it's tough with Instagram because there's a lot of shadow banning that happens. Oh, there's Naturally, so you know, much draw, shadow banning. I draw gun, like whether you're in guns, the sex industry, or like selling any kind of like drug, like marijuana or whatever, like they censor the ever living fuck out of you. Yeah. And when you combine those things, uh, you know, you get the online Karen crew and Zuck Nation who take their sweet fucking pleasure out of just decimating 
any chance you have at getting out there. But even with that, despite despite all that uh, online, I'm still able to usually make a couple hundred bucks a piece, which is you know cool for me when the pieces you know take usually maybe 15 minutes for some oh, of them, wow, like full color great. and stuff. Holy shit, Paige, that's incredible. I, yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> w- w- in my control queue folder for for all of the the merch, I have several pieces by you actually. Uh, Alex really really likes them. Uh, really? One that I, I really enjoy is, I think it's just, uh, what's a folder called? A Hegyao. Oh, A Hegyao? Yeah. yeah. Is that how that's pronounced? Yep. A Hegyao. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah, never knew the, that. The anime sex I thought it was like a Hagio or something. No, A Hegyao. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's like. Hagio. <laughs> that's like sexy, uh, sexy, uh, Japanese French. Mm-hmm. What's that? That's your Ahijao face. Maybe that'll be like the the covert, <laughs> you know, dog whistle of fellow degenerates. Ahijao. Yeah. Well, I'm a man of culture. <laughs> You're a man of culture. I, I shop at Target. I make Target. Have Ahijao face. <laughs> no, I asked about the, the money because my wife does art too. Um, and she's made, and some pieces she makes a lot of money on because it takes a lot of time. She doesn't do digital art. But she should if it's fucking yeah. fifteen minutes of your time, acrylic, right? And yeah. Well, the the ones I auction usually aren't digital. Um, so I've been doing art literally my whole life. And people are like, "How long have you been doing artwork?" Like I have the oldest piece I own is from a year and a half old, and I actually posted that on my Instagram. I have it on there. It's like I've done art. I can't even say I do art. Art does me. Like I don't. Uh, it's something where if I don't create. Yeah, if I don't create, like it creates like borderline how an addict might behave, like not having something like my anxiety skyrockets, like I can't sleep, I can't focus. Just um, surprisingly enough, uh, because I feel it's a little bit relevant, you know, I actually have, I'm a huge lover of the medical sciences. I was actually going to go to school for neuroscience. I was going to go to UC Davis. Uh, In school, I've always had exceptional grades and had, you know, student government, straight A's, college courses, all those things. And I wanted to go into neuroscience. Uh, but as we all know, college as a privatized institution is basically just used to rape you for your, rape you for your money. And then you spend, it's not like the 90s anymore where you graduate and you're like, what job do I choose? It's more like, who will take me? So um, unfortunately, at the time, I didn't have the financial resources uh, even with scholarships, even with financial aid, it was not enough to afford medical school. There was no fucking way. And I had to like make a decision. You know, you're 17 years old and you're like, do I sign into a life full of debt or do I wait it out a little bit? And so I chose the latter. And um, most of the things that we can access anyway, uh, or, or like that we learn from, you know, in, in school, you can still find online. Like I subscribe to medical journals and read abstract studies. If I don't understand something, I look it up. Like there's textbooks available that we can still read and engage with whether or not it's actually in a classroom doesn't really fucking matter. Right. So I can still study things. I'm no expert, but I know a thing or two about a thing or two. And with that in like high school, I would like kind of fuck with myself and try to play some experiments as far as what it was like if I wasn't creating or what that was going to be like for me um, to not do things. So I'd be like, okay, I'm going to abstain from doing artwork for X amount of days and just kind of see how it affects my life. I was plenty busy with sports and stuff like that. So it wasn't hard to not fit it in, but like throughout the day, all throughout school, 
I drew in all of my notebooks, on all of my notes, um, everything. And when I didn't have that, it was fucking maddening. Like I couldn't, like not having that outlet, I didn't usually last more than a few days. What's, I totally understand. What that. sports yeah. did you play, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, God. I did softball for nine years. I played tennis for a couple years. I did soccer for several years. I helped my dad coach football. I wasn't allowed to play football, but I wanted to. Um, and they're just whatever. Like, you know, whether it was wiffle ball in the backyard, like I grew up riding motorcycles. I think I was on my first motorcycle when I was five. You know, I love rollerblading. I've always done uh, rollerblading. I still do it. Love it. Um, I'm no like X Games person, but uh, I'm not afraid to fuck around and find out. Um, but whether it's, uh, yeah, wakeboarding, I like snowboarding. But as far as like on an actual team competing, that was tennis, soccer, track, and softball. So, so even being that active, that mentally stimulated, that, f- you know, that, 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 physically stimulated, you still had to come back to art as an outlet. Yes. And, um, you know, I, growing up, uh, there was a lot of pressure. It was, uh, perhaps in a a illusion of, uh, freedom and choice some, sometimes, but ultimately, uh, for myself, I had very, very, very demanding things. And uh, emotionally, it was very, very difficult for me. Um, I had a, it's funny when people talk about, you know, nowadays about how someone with my color of skin being light skinned can't understand like oppression or not being able to be heard. I'm like every day of my life that I went home, like I didn't have a voice. It was like I was always invalidated. I didn't have uh, anyone really to listen to me. Um, and it was for lack of going into it too much, a really, really, really emotionally abusive household. And for me to cope with that, you know, um, I had artwork and art quite literally saved my life, uh, on many instances, right? When you have a place where all things, are out of our control in some instances. I had a place where I could create and destroy and kind of play God. It gives you a, a hand in having some semblance. Maybe it's an illusion, but at least on paper, it was real. I could be anything, anywhere that I wanted to be. I could be with anyone I wanted to be, imaginary or real. And I was able to create these worlds that gave me the stimulus and the desires that I wanted fulfilled. And that was invaluable to me. So much so that actually when I, I moved out when I was 17 um, and uh, I've been on my own since in that way. And when I moved out, I found myself being in a position where I actually didn't have that negative stimulus anymore. And when I didn't have that stimulus, all of a sudden, I was making up situations for myself in which I wanted that drama, that frustration, or that negativity because I didn't know how to create without it. And actually, that time in my life was probably the greatest lapse of creative flow I've ever had in my life to date was in that year after moving out and not having that constant negative pressure, having to realize that I was creating it for myself to just create that emotional stimulus. And it was pretty crazy. So I had to effectively reinvent my artwork at that point. Um, 
and it changed a lot of things, both in myself and in my work. Yeah. So with your that's interesting. After uh, yeah. So with your art, though, um, so obviously right now it's everything that's public, at least for the most part, is lewd pictures, the anime stuff. Um, did you do that years ago, like in in high school? Um, did you start doing that um, afterwards when you moved out? Um, in that lapse you were talking about where you kind of had to reinvent everything or was that just something that's always been around? So I think I did my first, I was doing commissions by the time I was about 11. Um, I've been doing galleries since my early teens around the same age. I've been doing live art performances, uh, since I was about 12 in junior high. So for me, art was always a public display. Like as a person, it's funny how like things have evened out now. You know, I'd like to think that I've you know matured since the fourth grade or whatever. <laughs> but as a kid, I was such a fucking spaz, and it was because you know I would be frustrated at home, and then I'd be able to be free if you were you know at school or other places or amongst my peers, and um, it was pretty wild. And uh, for me, I was never afraid of putting my art on display because even if kids didn't like me, even if my peers didn't like my mortal form or who I was outwardly, they wanted and desired my regurgitation of my perception of the world. They wanted the deepest part of who I was. So I didn't even care if they liked Paige so long as they liked what I was creating because that's who I am. So I always had that level of self-actualization that gave me a perspective that I learned later that not many people tend to get that age. And having approval is what so many people aim for. I've never felt, even where I grew up, where I felt like a lot of things, you know, wasn't enough, like grade-wise or whatever, uh, I never felt like I wasn't approved of because I did have approval in my life of the things that I did and I nurtured those things. Um, and that enabled me to keep creating and not be afraid of it. I wasn't afraid of criticism. I was fine with being disliked because for the most part, people didn't dislike my artwork. Well, and with that art that you do, especially, it's a very niche group and it's also shamed. I don't know if shame's a word. It's made fun of more, I think. Um, it's, I think, become more common that people can actually come out and be like, oh, I like anime. I like anime titties, you know, like, <laughs> like it's cool. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that kind of art, but, yes. But it's something that has been and continues to be looked down on if you kind of like, like you kind of get made fun of. You're like, oh, why do you like that girl getting fucked by eight different tentacles? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, what, like what's going on there? But like, you know, like you... <laughs> We don't kink shame here over at the uh, Seaburn Art, um, but I'm just curious when did when did that start? I mean, you can you kink shame. I a don't little. kink shame at all. I got nothing. You to kink shame all the time. Who who? <laughs> oh, I don't kink shame you. I just tell you to stop being horny all the time. Bonk, you go to horny all jail. the time, consistently with Nathan. All the I just want to play tennis, Mitch. Nathan, you have but... to know that that situation. <laughs> can we talk about that situation? No, absolutely not. Absolutely I, not. Not on the no. Not on I'm the gonna, podcast. I'm going to give rough context for you, Paige, and I want your opinion on this. Okay. Right? Okay. Give uh, it to me. Girl reaches out to Nathan and says, "Hey, I want to go play midnight tennis with you." From there, she's not kidding. Like, they like, play midnight tennis, and then it turns into, "Hey, I want to go lay down on a mattress somewhere." 
Okay. I mean, th- that's that lacks crucial content. It doesn't. I, Mitch, I just want friends to play tennis. No, with. nobody's texting you even... at midnight to play tennis if they aren't trying to be around inside or near you. If they are trying to get some exactly. Dick, is that what you're saying? Here's the thing. Mitch, Ultimately, just, you just uh, we're adults. It's what it is. When exactly, you there's are, nothing you wrong know. with it. No, it's just like wrong with it. I just want to play tennis at midnight. When it comes to things at midnight, all right, let me give you a quick thing. I was in Texas with Lando after his mother passed away. And the thing about Texas is this, they have more tigers than anywhere in the fucking world, right? Because it's an ideal climate and you're legally allowed to have them. So Texas is effectively fucking keeping tigers alive. Fucking tigers in Texas. Because tigers. So yes. Wait, like fucking like like tigers, like like tigers from like, the jungle. Yes, Texas has one of the world's largest tiger populations. What in the fuck is going on? Yes. Okay. So, so <laughs> Mitch, this has been a thing for a long Texas time. Yet. So that being okay, said, continue. I'm in Texas, and I desperately want to see a fucking tiger. I've been thwarted many times from actually having one-on-one interaction with tiger. It's been I've, it's been in my grasp, literally, and taken away from me so many times. It's it's tragic. That being said, that being said. I decide I'm going to make a post on Texas Craigslist. And Lando's like, yeah, good fucking luck. It's Texas on Craigslist. And I'm like, I'm going to ask. So I was like posting at midnight because we're laying in bed. And I post about being like, hey, look, I'm I'm like, here are these stats that I'm familiar with about Texas and their tiger population. Whoever has a fucking tiger, I'm dead fucking serious. Like, I will cook food. I will bring it to you. I don't care. Like, I'll pay money. I want to touch your fucking tiger. And... (laughs) I got the type of response you would expect from making a midnight tiger post. So like with your midnight tennis, there's an expectation, even very clearly laying Thank out you. that all I wanted was to have my fucking tiger experience. I instead got met with midnight tiger expectations. Thank you. It's just the midnight oh, thank expectations. You. Thank you. That's what I'm saying, it's Nathan. A, and then he texts me. Mitch, he's I like, feel like that's more a problem with culture and no, people he, than it is with me wanting to play just, tennis He at just texts me. He's like, I just want to play tennis. And I'm like, Nathan... It's more than tennis. I don't, I don't even like it's tennis. It's more than it's something tennis. Something to do. Anyways, let's. I mean, go ahead. That's beautiful. That, no, that's beautiful. I think that's great. Do it anyway. Fuck it. Fuck them. You know what? Yes, I'm going to assume the the most of someone until they pull my pants down without my permission. But <laughs> um, regardless. So back yes? back to that though. We don't king shame here. You know, you're into what you're into. But um, <laughs> when did when did that style of art start? with you maybe not public but when did you start to draw that stuff i mean oh, oh god porn shit i think i was drawing porn shit by the time i was like 12 i'm just like this is crazy i can do whatever i want it's fucking artwork like whatever is it because and like were you exposed were you that? like exposed to porn? i mean i was probably exposed to porn when i was 12 too i think that's probably around the time no i mean come on your kids people see yeah. fucking playboy magazine shit like yeah. that happens like anyone in this day dad, and age yeah. like who thinks that yeah. Yes. It's like sex is just so readily available. And that was something is like sex has never been an uncomfortable subject for me. Like I wasn't someone who was ever promiscuous. I wasn't somebody who ever felt the need to like hide from those things. Like something I feel like, you know, my parents did right is like anytime I had a question, it was answered. It wasn't like, where do babies come from? Oh, there's a stork and whatever. My parents were like, there's a penis and a vagina. You know, your parts, you know, your brother's parts, there's a sperm and an egg. That egg is fertilized, like how chickens are made. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so like six-year-old Paige is having to explain to people where babies actually come from because the kids my age didn't know, right? Oh, so shit. I always had a very like 
I feel biological, like textbook approach to those things that was given to me, which was appreciative. And then like in my family, you know, my grandma, okay, my grandma and grandpa, I'm the oldest of like, I don't know, 30 some odd fucking cousins. Like I am, I, that's how it was. My grandma and grandpa got married really young, like 15 and 17. My grandma had my dad by 18 and my dad was the first one born. And then they had me fairly young. And so my grandma was basically the age of a parent when I was born, right? So I was very close to my grandparents. And my grandma was kind of a child of the 60s a little bit, coming out of, you know, uh, Southern California and stuff. And um, it's funny because they were just always really open people. Like my grandma was just like, you know, she'd tell her kids. My uncles were basically like my big brother. She'd be like, you guys practice on yourself before you practice on someone else. Like, you know, wash your dick, masturbate before you make decisions. And I'm like, Grandma, you're so smart. You know, like, I don't know how many kids in high school end up telling I'm like, hey, you need to rub one out before you make any choices. Jesus Christ. Like, that's just good advice. <laughs> like, and for that, I think because I didn't have, like, any questions I had, I could have answered, right? And it was answered in a respectful way. And there wasn't any weird, like, taboo around it. So I didn't feel the need to lash out and experiment or something like that. Instead, for me, it was just like, oh, these are these things. And I understand that right now. I don't find these things desirable or I don't want to give myself to somebody in that way. So I didn't until I was like 18. So ultimately, uh, having that, just as far as like how the porn thing goes, it wasn't like I was some like porn obsessed like kid or like abused or something. It was more like, I mean, it exists. to be fair, I was 12 when I experienced 4chan oh, and I God. basically oh, was raised no. on 4chan mm. through oh, like high uh -huh. school. And it's that funny. That explains so much. <laughs> 4chan made me, you know, but it's one of those things where I felt like I had exposure and was able to sift it in a way that wasn't, you know, immature. My parents didn't fucking yeah. know I was going on 4chan. No, of course. Like, you have a friend who gets, a, com who gets yeah. a computer, yeah. who gets a computer in their room and their parents don't give a shit. And you're like, I'm going over to their house because their parents don't know, you know, and then you guys are sitting there up till three o'clock in the morning, you know, on fucking, dial up trying to uh, download fucking. Uh, oh, yeah. man. Just sending all my friends Lemon Party. Don't lemon work. Party, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lemon Party, Penn Island. Meat spin. Penn Island. Remember watching, remember watching all the spin. albino black sheep videos? Remember oh, albino black Lord. sheep? And like Foamy the Squirrel, the, the days is, oh, of Foamy like... Foamy the Squirrel, that is a dated reference. Yeah, the first, the first yep. time I saw so, titties, I threw up. <laughs> yeah. I was like 11 or 12 years old. Um, and I grew, I grew up playing this. It was a website. It's been taken down now. Um, it was called Addicting Games. And, oh, yeah. I remember Addicting yeah. Games. I played, the played shit Addicting out of that. Games. Well, oh, if you man. scrolled all the way down to the bottom of the page on the bottom right corner, there was they had the flash porn. No, games. It, no, it wasn't the flash porn. It was called Addicting Videos. Oh, so I clicked on Addicting Videos at like 11, 12 year old me. I'm like, oh, what's the most popular video? And I'm like, oh, it's this girl dancing. And all of a sudden she lifted her shirt up and it was like a titty drop. And I remember just. I threw up. I was I, not because I was like grossed out. <laughs> I just was like, so just like, I, I thought like everything that I was seeing, like, because my dad's a huge conservative was on his computer. I'm like, I need to burn the fucking computer. It's like, I'm going to like, help. it was so <laughs> oh I was God. raised very religious too. Like I was, um, I was an altar boy. I went to Sunday school. I was a VBS mm. instructor and I saw it and I'm like, oh my fucking God, I need a bird. That's some deep shame right there. Yeah. And I threw up. Um, That's the first so time I saw fucking titties. funny. The next day though, I went back. <laughs> I went back. Yes, you I did. I went back. 
Attaboy. Yeah, 11, 11 oh, 12 year old me. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's so talking funny. about that, though, some people would be like, you know, you, you explore like children exposed to porn. And I think it's different if an adult is like, hey, watch this fucking porn. But like it's in the world. If you discover it yourself, yeah. like we're going. We are fooling ourselves if we think we can fucking hide kids from it. Yeah, I'm like going it to, exists. When I have kids, I'm, I'm not. Go- I'm going to like keep them away from it if I fucking can. But I do know they will be exposed it's eventually. Happen. I found my dad's porn stash when I was fucking yeah, 12, the Playboy magazine, and I found out he had Asian fetish. But it's like those are those things where I don't know. Like obviously, there's a difference between like kids fucking do weird stuff like i remember yeah. playing you know the smell my finger game with my brother and you'd like scratch your butthole and be like smell my finger it smells like cherries you know like because kids do gross stupid shit to each other but it's like as kids get older like i was fortunate to be raised in a place where because there was an understanding of the implications of what was appropriate and what wasn't i was able to then determine what was right and what was wrong and something that was given to me a lot was like, hey, you have instincts. Like if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't, you know, like that was very, that was very well given to me, I feel like. And I think a lot of kids, uh, if everything's hidden, like I remember being in high school and like being like, no, you can't get pregnant by swallowing cum. No, you can't get, you know, (laughs) pregnant from being fingered and he jizzed on your stomach. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you can spread STDs this way. Like, AIDS can't be spread from someone coughing on you. It's okay, you know. <laughs> oh, what, what, what is the name you of this people episode who really going to don't be? Know. It's going to be like that? the sex episode with Pageosity. Nope. <laughs> well, here's 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 why I bring it up though, because there's a lot of folks in the kind of libertarian gun community who think porn is the fucking devil, and you know you can't masturbate. Like it turns into this weird. I don't want to say weird. It turns into this Super religious. Political thing where it's like you know porn is so bad for you yada 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 we need to ban porn and i've never understood it i can't understand their argument here's the thing right like i think this first of all so i have a friend of mine she's she's a model and she's uh she's i feel like i know a lot of models who are like i'm insecure so i'm gonna model and use the validity of strangers to build my self-worth i'm like that's not smart (laughs) Um, but one of my friends who does model she literally started modeling out of spite and she kicks fucking ass at it. Um, she's someone who's just really, really great. And we were talking about the taboo of her industry and basically having this discussion about, she's like, if there's not a taboo, I'm not making the money that I'm making. If it's normalized, I'm not going to be, mm. make, it's not going to be lucrative for mm-hmm. me. So it's just like how everything has a black market, right? Drugs, prostitution, whatever it is, it incites a value in its inaccessibility and sex sells like that is why drawing the asinine things that i do and that's not even the gist of my work right that account has way fewer followers it's just fun and interesting and it's unique to look at people from this industry because you know when you're drawing porn or someone's asking you for like asking you for something specific like you're meeting someone intimacy first They're coming to you in what usually is the order of you meet, you date, you converse, you have an intimate relationship, and then maybe find those things out about somebody. All of that's kiboshed, and you're meeting them intimacy first, and that's kind of fucking cool. And I think with pornography, as with all things, everything in moderation, including moderation, people now in a world of so much fucking dopamine would rather masturbate to anime girls than work out. Mm, That's a problem. That is a problem. That's a huge problem. Yeah. 
you have guys who are sitting there and, and complaining about, you know, like, oh, I can't. Oh, the fucking download speed on this is slow. And I'm like, men used to hunt. Like, <laughs> yeah. And here you are now. Right. So it's like there, there's something there. And like, that's why, you know, even naturally drawing artwork too in the gun industry, you get in all things, there's, there's little groups and little clicks and whatever, but it's like so many of those same fucking guys who'd be posting shit about cam girls are subscribing to the shit that I draw. So I'm like, it's like the, uh, a lot of people have this false veneer, right? It's the, it's the pedophile who works at the local schools and donates a bunch of money to the park and is at all the community events, right? And then when he gets busted, everyone's like, oh my God, I had no idea. You know, it's the, it's the priest who has been hurting young men, but shouts uh, evangelical things about forgiveness and like wholesomeness and not to, you know, I believe that there's a lot of really positive things in religion. So I don't want you to think that I'm like shitting on that because I, mm-hmm. I think that spirituality is good for people, but in every single category that humans can place them in, there's going to be people who exploit that to give themselves a platform. That, that That's virtue signaling, right? It's the people who scream how racist people are and they're like, you're so racist. You're so racist. And I'm like, you literally just told me that you don't think black people know how to get ID or use the internet. Mm. Like, what? <laughs> you know, so you have like, that. that's that's that compensation. I think we see that in the pornography as well, right? The people who are most likely oftentimes to be against it are going to be the ones who might have either deep shame connected to it in some way. Like they can't do it so no one else should because they got in trouble for it or something. Or they often feel that it's something that they do connect with and they don't want anyone to ever suspect that they might be into, you know, some titty slap and bondage on the side or dressing like a girl when no one's looking like that's real shit. Like in my little veins of obsessive studies, um, my first big, my first big obsession was jellyfish because I love jellyfish. Another thing I went into in my adult years um, was the psychology of fetishes and where they come from. And I thought it was so interesting. Like, you know, you can read books about things and some social justice warrior blog about like the acceptance of bondage and like sexual liberation, but like it goes so much deeper than that. Like reading actual abstract studies and like controlled peer studies of groups of men or women who are anonymous and the things that they come up with. And then you find out that the two most common uh, heterosexual male fetishes are pegging and cross-dressing. And This is super, super connected with the fact that in a society now that only elevates women and minorities and whatever, men are still the highest suicide rate, the highest working death rate. They are expected to be these stoic, strong models of society, yet also aren't allowed to be overly emotional or fucking sensitive. You know, you better be uh, super courteous and chivalrous, but not too much, uh, lest you be oppressing women, right? Men are so pigeonholed in this box. Like, no one's cheering for fucking dad bod heroes. You know, everyone is able to make fun of Thor when he's in a fat suit in the Marvel movie. But if they had done that to fucking Captain Marvel or like Black Widow, people would have lost their goddamn minds. Like Men, especially by society, because of our genetic predisposition for literal millennia of evolution to build these things. Like, yeah, it might just be a societal construct, but the societal construct isn't something you just flip some light switches and fucking change. This is based off of like, 
you know, epigenetics, right? These studies of outward factors literally affecting our DNA. One of um, my neighbors actually studied epigenetics for years. And I learned some really cool shit from him about that too, being like outward things affect us. And like in that world, just again, when you talk about people being super anti-pornography or these things like that, maybe some of them really just hate it and think it's gross or they have an aversion to what some narratives use, I feel, pornography to groom people or to make something more acceptable that isn't appropriate, you know, like fucking minors and things like that, right? I can see how that's tied to it. But I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with porn. I think there's something in general wrong with how people process most things that if they're not, again, everything in moderation, right? So there's groups of people. I think that's the big thing. And anything is addictive if, like, video games are addictive, porn especially can be addictive. Mm. Anything can be addictive in the wrong doses. And self-moderation is a really important thing. So to, um, to the point you just yeah. made, though, about, you know, men being expected to, you know, be this macho man, chivalrous, um, you know, person. In a way, I guess I can see where people can associate that wrongdoing or that wrong mindset with porn because most men in porn are fucking hung ripped huge good looking dudes i mean but it's the same thing with women too and it kind of creates this expectation um of both parties and i'm not saying porn porn is wrong i mean i watch porn and i'm married but i i can see now now that now that i've thought about it and to the point that you made i guess i can see their point with that and I can also obviously the grooming and the the tra- the child trafficking or just human trafficking in general that's all terrible. Um, I don't think that should be a reason to cancel Pornhub or or whatever you know. No, no, and, and I think that there's a lot of parallels um, to even the gun industry as there is to pornography as there is to drugs, right? Which is it's amazing that people ignorance. Ignorance really is the the, the seed of, of hatred and misunderstanding in all things. And it's just like, just like how in the porn world, you know, we want to, or like, I really truly believe that uh, prostitution should be Absolutely. legalized. Like, like is I it not in legalized humble, in the States? No. Not in, no. It's, it's, oh. so it is in there's only a Vegas, few states right? That it is. Yeah. But that, that's, yeah, Nevada, Las Vegas. I don't even know crime. if all of Nevada. Well, people it. speak of self ownership all the time. And then you bring up prostitution, and then they're like, no, that's for degenerates. People shouldn't be able to sell their own bodies. But it's. You know what's crazy to me? I remember, like, my favorite argument too, to the importance of like prostitution is there are women out there who work specifically with like handicapped men, men who've been, uh, you know, maybe women too somewhere, but you know, there's, there's men who've had fucking half their face burned off and a woman isn't going to look at them. There are men who have crazy fucking rare skin diseases where they don't have, you know, pores that enable them to sweat. So they're just flaky and, and have to deal with crazy physical pain outwardly with stuff. And like, those people have a right to experience pleasure and embrace from another person. And intimacy. And I think that when it comes to like even drugs, right? Growing up in Humboldt County, which is one of the weed capitals of the fucking world, right? When you, (laughs) when you shine a light, you're able to cast 
darker shadows. You can see where those veins are. In Humboldt County, there's a documentary they made about our area called Murder Mountain on Netflix, actually. And uh, it's actually much worse than that. So in Humboldt, right, uh, places like Humboldt County really, really love Oh, like anything that supports open border laws, because people go right down to the border and they fill up vans with young girls who think they're going to go be working a farm in California where they're literally forced into slave rings, pumped full of drugs, uh, killed or worse, and then left to be invisible. Right. And they're totally invisible because there's no fucking identification right, or anything right. else to help them. And that vein in and of itself, the the flow of people coming in, invisible people, is helpful to these industries that exploit others. By making things legal, it hasn't fixed everything, but there are definitely now places where they've been getting pushed out because it's not as lucrative. They have to go somewhere else. And I think in prostitution specifically, people have to hide that. Women get approached by pimps and manipulated after spending a life themselves being perhaps abused or even just making choices uh, to, to be there. And if they don't have the control over their own body or the power to have that control, somebody else will take it. And then you create a black market. And that black market makes it way easier for women, children, anything else to be exposed to that darker side of things to be actually kidnapped and exploited and not be able to be pulled out of those things. So it's like if women file a fucking 1099 and they're like, I hump who I want, I'm like power to you. Same with guns, right? I feel like all things with like education, like when it comes to drugs, like fuck it, educate people on what drugs do, educate people on what sex does, educate people how to drive a fucking car, which vehicles kill more goddamn people than just about anything else. As far as like what we can do as humans to put ourselves in a risky situation and like educate people on firearms in the same way, you know, you have people who fear something or think it's dangerous. And then all of a sudden that ignorance breeds misunderstanding and an aversion to it. I've had friends who are really terrified of weapons. And I'm like, all the more reason for you to understand how to disarm it and make it yeah. safe. So I'm like, okay, you are so afraid of guns. I'm like, so let's say you come across one. Wouldn't you want to know how to neutralize it? Yeah. Let me show you how to do that. Let me put this in your hand and show you how to make it not quote unquote dangerous at that point. And that in and of itself has helped me bring people into shooting. <laughs> You'd never expect, right. yeah. you know? When we understand, like, you can make a, what, one of the states was doing buybacks, and I saw going around online, this guy had made the 1776 blaster, and it was, like, out of plywood and galvanized pipe, and they had to buy it back. because uh, it I remember that. Yeah, they, 200 bucks for it or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was epic. And he was making them for, you know, sub that, and he's like, I'm going to go cash in on some coin. I'm like, this is the, it, people don't understand. Like, you try to classify something, and, and you can't. Like, educate people to the best of our ability. And let them fucking make those decisions. I think we'd have a lot better place. But the thing about black markets, as uh, most of us know about, like, you know, the CIA and stuff back in the 80s, um, yeah. <laughs> you have these people who profit on the black market. Packets are potted or pockets are padded every single time somebody out there is making an exchange that's illegal because it's lucrative. And when things are lucrative, and they go all the way up to the top, then the people with more power are able to continually make more money. That's how it goes. And pedo rings and fucking prostitution and slave trades, whether it's organ trade throughout the, you know, greater uh, Eastern countries or South America, or even North America, like you make black markets, you create an incentive to make money from so it. So speak, speaking of money, and this is going to be a little bit off topic, 
Um, but that's back fine. to your art stuff, because I think that's uh, I think that's super interesting. I mean, um, I, you know, I work with Nathan, obviously, but my wife is a commissioned artist as well. So while I am mm-hmm. like incapable of making good art, <laughs> uh, it, you you make fine it's, art. It's Mitch. I've me. seen the. Um, when did you start to realize that you can profit off of your art or make money doing what you? just do anyway because like you said it's a release for you it's something that you just do anyways um and much like nathan you'd probably just do it if you were being paid to do it or not but being paid is a great incentive and um i'm just curious when did that start for you honestly art was always one of those things that was just so a part of my life that i just did it and i realized even if it wasn't necessarily super like monetary in the second grade i was drawing pokemon and trading them for quarters right like doing designs uh, of things that people wanted like that Uh, i had some friends in school that we did artwork together and like we would have like commissions that we do for a quarter or 50 cents like i have always been able to profit off my artwork even from the time i was like seven years old that's amazing so the thing was, is art was always this thing I had as a backup, right? I always did commissions and did galleries. My shtick is, like, you guys see my digital art, and that's the most profitable, especially during COVID right now, uh, because yeah. I wasn't able to do what I usually do, was when I first moved to Seattle, I did what I used to do back in my hometown, was live charcoal drawings. I now do these live charcoal drawings on stream, but what I would do is go out to uh, the pier, uh, and set up this little table and my sketchbooks and I'm actually fully ambidextrous. So I draw and paint with both hands and I can draw different pictures simultaneously with both hands. So I would use both hands to make pictures very, very quickly. So my charcoals, I'd go out there and I could make a piece in three to five minutes and a few hours I would make, uh, you know, sometimes over a hundred pieces in between conversation. And I always made my art free with gratuity and free with gratuity was great because I got away from having any weird resellers license stuff. I was always, you know, dressed nicely out there with my dog, playing like good music and, or I'd have like musicians I'd connect with to come play with me. And people were really fucking generous. Sometimes like I'd get $5 for a picture. Sometimes I'd get $105 for a picture. But I would literally just stand out there and throw my pieces all over the place and people would record me and come up and take pieces. And that's I can awesome. Make my rent in a weekend. That's awesome. There, there's a. I'm going to connect that connection. I'm going to connect that uh, that 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 story back to something that Nathan and I are um, talking about. Uh, a buddy brought up a point that we should start a Patreon, but Nathan and I immediately were like, "No, we're not going to do that." And the more he talks to me about it, the more he makes the point that you're not saying people have to pay you and nathan does put a lot of time and effort into these art pieces i put a lot of time and effort into the guides if people want to they can but they're not forced to and it sounds like you almost did something similar where you were just like hey i'm on stream or i'm i'm gonna you know you can make two pieces of art with both hands at the same time which is outstanding that's that is that is an invaluable unique skill to have i mean that's awesome i would love to see you doing that um it, it's just, it's it's a weird thing because you put a lot of time and effort into something or maybe for you, you can do it in five minutes. You've expedited it so quickly. Um, but it is something that the more I hear people that do it, the more I'm like, I'm still not completely okay with it. 
and I'm sure Nathan still hasn't changed his mind about it either. I, I, I'm, I feel weird about it. And it's kind of strange to talk about this, you know, in a podcast. I don't know. Uh, I, I do know that I sabotage myself when it comes to money all the time. So that's something we both do. And that's something that we're both trying to fix with our, well, at least I'm fixing with myself. I don't want to speak for you. No, I have a, I have a pretty general formula for art, right? Like even when like people are like, I don't know how to, first of all, I'm really open about sharing like quote unquote trade secrets. I don't think anything should be harbored in that way because all we have is each other to support, right? And, um, that's always worked very well in my favor to both share and receive from others. But that being said, when it comes to our work, like as an artist, someone's like, I don't know how to charge for my artwork. I'm like, well, first things first, get money back for your supplies. How much are you worth an hour? That's like the easiest baseline formula, right? So if you're spending, someone commissions you for something, like in my case for digital artwork, it's, I don't have any supply costs. There's no supply cost up front. Like ultimately, maybe I can incorporate like a wear and tear, but when I'm able to send a digital file, it is so much less expensive and uh, time and resource consuming, right? So overall, it just benefits both parties. They get work for less expensive. I have less of a mess to pick up and more things to do on my end. Um, That being said, when it comes to Patreon, Uh, very recently I've gone through this myself where I feel like I'm never giving my people enough. It always blows my mind that people support me, but like many of my users have enforced for me. And Nathan, I know you've been in my, um, my discord. It's a fucking awesome community. It, it really is. are actually. so epic. Like, like I, dr- I drop stupid. in every once in a while because I, I don't use discord other than just like your discord and, and uh, one other that I, I mod and mod terribly. But it's really nice. Everyone's super That's cool. That's great because it's, it's very discords a fucking very, cesspool. Yeah, but it, it, it's, it can it's, be. But like I, I have these people that I'm so blessed to have as my fucking supporters and stuff. And my only rule, really, I only have a few rules. My two major ones are no current event fucking politics. I'm like, if it's on IG and Facebook and Reddit, I don't want to oh, hear yeah. it. You put it there. Uh, you can go argue there. And then the second thing is that, look, we have people of all. We have I have multiple like trans, gay, minority, whatever, all fucking over in that thing. And I'm like, we are all comfortable with being like with offending ourselves and each other. Like we are comfortable with offensive humor. If you are not comfortable with that or offensive words, you need to leave. No one is going to outright, like there's no name calling. Like you're never going to see someone drop a fucking N word on someone or like, you know, shout something to like, you know, give someone a hard time. But like we have trans people making trans jokes and posting hilarious things about things. It's like, who yeah. cares, right? We're there to just yeah. have a good time and it feels like early Y2K internet. But why That's I good. bring That's them a up, good feeling. Why I bring up their uh them in, in this instance is because a few of my people, I have some really like just OG fucking supporters, and they're just like, hey, look, Paige, we're here because we just want to support you and we have the means to do so. You don't have to give us more because we already know what we're paying for. We already know what we're here for. Like if you go to the store with fucking $10 to buy your goddamn groceries or an item, you go to buy that item for that amount and you know what you're getting, right? So you already have an expectation of what's there. I'm not making false promises. They can see what's there. So if you guys are providing it and you're just posting a blog and you're like, hey, we update it sometimes once a week. Like I have people who are subscribed to my top tier of Patreon. I only have three tiers. I have my moral support, which is a dollar. I have my uh, art bro, which is $10, and they get a print each month. And then my legit fans, which get a print and a sticker each month for $20. I have multiple people who subscribe to my $20 plan and opt out of rewards. They don't want rewards. They just want to support me. And I'm like, holy shit. That's awesome. So 
you just got to open the platform and realize that if people are giving you money, it's not because you're asking. You're just out there to be like, nothing's free. The t- our time is the one finite resource none of us can get back. The only fucking guarantee we ever have when we're born is that we will die. That's it. We're not guaranteed disease. We're not guaranteed famine. We're not even guaranteed fucking opportunity. We are guaranteed death. That is it. And with that, we can always make more money. We can't make more minutes, but our minutes have to be worth something because in a modern society, it takes money to survive. Well, the yes. thing about what we do. Just doomer page moment. <laughs> but the thing that we do, though, like, I feel like I always have to make a better guide. And I feel like, especially lately, um, Nathan, uh, whenever we are kind of like talking about ideas, I feel like Nathan is in the same sense that I am, where we always have to provide something better. And I would do this regardless of if we were getting paid or not. And right now we're in the hole. We're in the hole every month. We don't make money. Um, and like yeah. you said, you're, which I'm totally okay yeah, with. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I would also be fine with not being in the hole, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think everyone understands that. You understand that. The people who support you are going to fucking understand that. And I think rather than being better, be whole, be comprehensive. You don't have to constantly best yourself. You just need to provide pieces of something. So it's like, you know, if let's say you're making a guide about guns, right? Well, that's infinite. You can literally make a post about a CQB training one day or one about handgun carries or one about whatever. It's effectively a newsletter from your voice. People are there to hear from you because they fucking like you. Attrition's going to happen. If people leave your Patreon, it's not because you failed. We all have different financial things. Like I don't, I've got people in my Discord that I'm like, I know that they are not on my Patreon because they can't afford it or just because financially that's not what they do or they don't support Patreon. That's fucking fine. They're in there building my community and doing positive things. Like that's that's invaluable. Right. It all has value. And if people can assign a slightly like larger monetary value or asset to that, then great. Those who are able to do and they do so willingly. You are not and will not and cannot force people to spend money on you. Like You can't force people to buy things from you. That is 100% a choice. And they have a choice. So I think there's, as people, we sometimes get, not that we're not capable of affecting others, but it's important to realize that like, it'd be arrogant to think that you, by posting something that people would somehow be forced and obligated to help you. No one has any fucking obligation to you. It's desire and appreciate that desire. Damn. 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 That's a very, yeah. very, very. See, cool. and that's the thing though. You, I think you may have brought me on down uh, around on this uh, idea a little. I was very hesitant. towards. I am. Before, I still uh, am. And it's not, it's weird because right now I, yeah. we have an LLC and it's a terrible business model because we are paying money and it, like a, an extreme amount of time into this, which is why we kind of took this week to not post to kind of give you a break, Nathan, from working on this page because you're doing work for everybody else and to give me a break because I'm going to fucking Florida. Suck it, nerds. Um, <laughs> but it is, we do provide something. And I think that's something that we are aware of. We try and make digestible. Con- we, tar- we try to take 
easy or difficult to swallow content and make it very digestible. And I think we do a good job at that. The combination of Nathan's art and my sense of humor, um, and Nathan's Nathan's fucking throwbacks to all different types of different Halo games and and all his little Easter eggs he puts in the art. Like we make it very digestible. I'm just a fucking nerd, man. Yeah, but it but it's it's great for people, and I recognize that people really enjoy it. I just it would be nice to not be paying money into it every month. And I think we're getting... Yeah, honestly, you are right. It, it does add up. It adds up over time, oh, the, especially the, the when service, you're trying to move to America. The service we're using right now is... Yeah. Well, you you got to think too, right? Like, you guys have... Like, you wouldn't make it if you didn't think it was fucking worth something. Oh, like, 100%. Yes, the, yeah. the inherent, the inherent value of the... No- and we wouldn't put anything behind a paywall value. either. It would still just all be there, whether you paid or not. Right. And I think that, that the fact that you have inherent value in what you do... Other people do value that. And like I said, everyone understands what it means to exist as a human in 2021. Like we have, at least, you know, in, in this side of the world, like you don't pay for gas with fucking exposure. You don't pay for food with fucking exposure. Like you don't pay for a, a house with knowledge. It yeah. takes Like have you seen the price currency. of 556? It's horrible. Oh. Actually, it's getting better now, <laughs> but it's horrible. Hmm. So Actually, with that being said, like, around at my local LGS, so that's nice. And I, I encourage you. I don't, I don't know how much will get, you know, uh, chopped out of the the cast or anything. But it's like for anyone like who is listening, who's like, oh, should I do this thing? Yes. No one's obligated or responsible to support you, but those who do will. Think about the people you would support. Think about the people that you provide platforms to. Like even me now. Like I'm honored to be here and like talking with you guys. Uh, like, holy hey. shit, someone wants to listen to me talk. <laughs> <laughs> like every time I'm on stream and I'm like listening to my own voice sometimes, I'm like, oh God, like I hate hearing myself. How is it that you guys like hearing me? Oh my God. But I just have to accept that like that's not. That's not for me to project onto them. And it's like when people put their insecurities like, oh, I don't look good in this. Like, then don't fucking wear it if you don't feel that way. Like, it's like everyone has a different taste in food. Someone who prefers, you know, sweet over salty. You're not going to try and convince them to like this other thing. Like, they're just going to like it. And different people have different tastes. You guys create something palatable for a group of people who seek out that flavor of your work. Your unique taste that you bring to the industry through your artwork and your ability is something that people seek and those people should be allowed to support you it would probably make them feel good to do that see i i asked you because just in the short time that i have talking to you i know nathan and you have communicated before this is for everybody listening this is the first time me and Paige have interacted we we play yeah um I asked you because just (laughs) right off the bat we play tennis but i I realized that there's (laughs) that's a bad joke um you are very fucking straightforward and I know whatever I know that when I was going to ask you, is either going to be fuck? No, that's fucking stupid. Here's why. Or it would have been like, fuck yeah, do it. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm always interested to hear people's opinions who aren't going to fucking bullshit us. Cause there's a lot of people that will reach out and they'll have an offer for something or they'll suggest something. And it's very, it's appreciated, but it's very, Hmm. I'm not sure the right word for it. Are you talking about when people ask you for something? Yeah. It'll kind of be like a mutual benefit, but it doesn't really benefit us. It's more like, uh, hey, you should do this thing and then I'll do it. 
like I'll take credit for it type of deal or I'll, I'll do this and you know, go ahead. Sometimes it's good to, I mean, not that you have to be, (laughs) it's funny. I'm good friends with, uh, at least I like to think we're friends, uh, uh, Vince who does battle secretary and he's one of the most like cutthroat people I've ever met. He'll be like, he tries to say things nicely sometimes, but he'll just like, be like, no, go away. Yeah. It's amazing. But that being said too, like I've doing marketing and these things and working with clients, like there are just things that I can't prioritize in the year that I've been running my own business, right? Just anecdotally here for, to relate to what you're doing, you know, you have to find on your, the Venn diagram of stuff is time something takes, how much money it makes and how much you enjoy doing it. So with those, we cannot prioritize everything and people will understand that. Some people will be disappointed and not want to hear that. Unfortunately, that's for them to deal with. So sometimes there's people who come to me like, hey, I have this thing I want to do. And I'm just like, I can't prioritize that. I have a list of other clients and this is what I'm doing. Uh, if we were to do this, I would need this much money because that's what it's worth. Like recently I did a project where I had to move. It was a rush project and I had to charge them an asinine amount of money because I had to move like the other several people in line down. And I went and I was like, I'm going to communicate with my clients and I will take the time to talk to them and let them know about this deadline. And if they collectively can't move on it, then I'm not going to do it. But if I can do it, I'm going to charge the shit out of you. <laughs> and I did. And it was one of those things where they everyone was okay with it. Like there was transparency. And even, I think it's important to realize that even if you do everything right, some things will still just go wrong. But that's not the majority. And it sucks when it happens, but it's like, don't, don't get hung up on it. I know it's easier to say like, that's so much easier said than done. Like, oh, well, just don't worry about it. Like no one just doesn't worry about things. Like, of course we have feelings and obligations, but ultimately you have to weigh things not by, is this right or is this wrong or is this good or is this bad in business as well as our personal lives? It's, is this healthy for me, for this relationship? whatever it is, whether it's putting food in your body, whether it's making a business exchange, whether it's some decision that you're making in your life, is this healthy for me? If the answer is yes, proceed. If the answer is no, evaluate. Nathan, you don't have a fucking choice. You're making art for me. I I realize that. You don't feed me if I don't. And, you know, you don't get a choice in this. Yes. But it's like uh, without I'm trained to a radiator right now. What was that? Change to a radiator. I'm he's to my a radiator sexy. right now. He's oh. my, he's he's my art camp, actually. My yes. <laughs> so it puts the art like on those. Yeah. It's like with alcohol, right? Like, yeah. if you're going to drink tequila, you're going to be like, this I know isn't good for me, but I'm going to drink and have this night. Well, no one feels bad for anyone with a fucking hangover. You're not a victim, right? So in all things, like with work and everything else, if you've made the decision, I'm biting off more than I can chew, but I'm going to take this anyway, even though I feel it in my gut. At that point, you're not the fucking victim. You did it to yourself. And like karma is not some divine punishment. It's a divine lesson. And in life, you'll keep facing the same lessons over and over because we all have patterns. And if you don't figure it the fuck out, you're going to keep getting hammered by that lesson. So it's like if you keep taking on things from other people and you keep burning yourself out, when are you going to realize <laughs> I'm talking to myself here too. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> to knock it the fuck course. off. Yeah. And be better. Right. So like I've really struggled with that in the last year and a half because the, I made Pageosity official in Washington April of last year. 
So like an, as an LLC, time, I'm just a sole proprietor for now. I have not, I have no reason to be an LLC. Like I'm not big enough in what I do. So I did that because when I moved to Seattle, you know, I didn't know anybody. I got a job working in the fitness industry um, and was at kind of a bougie gym where I knew I'd make connections, but I was like, I'm broken single may as well fucking work. Oh, yeah. So I did. And I was at a place where I knew I'd meet a lot of people. I had free workouts all of the time. So it was great for my health. And I actually really enjoyed that job. But when COVID hit, I, I didn't have it anymore. And it sucked because at the time, uh, I had actually taken a hiatus from them for about eight weeks to do a big art project. And it worked out because they were doing some transitional stuff. And I was doing some working on like some marketing stuff as well for them and helping them open another studio. But there was some transition stuff going on. And I was like, well, hey, why don't I dip out to this project for like two months? I can afford it. You know, no problem. I'm doing fine. I was like, and then I'll come back. And they're like, great. Well, it just so happened that in those eight weeks, right at about the end of those eight weeks, COVID hit. And when you file for unemployment, they want eight weeks of employment history. So. I got no unemployment. I got no government aid. I had no fucking help. And I was like, you know, at the beginning of this, you're like, okay, what the fuck do we do? Right. And there's all this panic and whatever. And uh, I couldn't draw at the pier anymore. I can't exactly go down to downtown Seattle where thousands of people are walking by every hour and hawk artwork and exchange money. Like that would have been a big no-go. And uh, unfortunately, I had to figure something out. I didn't have any help. It was like, get a job at a fucking grocery store or make it happen. So I'm like, okay, Pageosity, full send. And uh, with that, I couldn't afford to not take what people were offering me when it came to commissions or money. It actually took me a while. It took me a while to make a Patreon for the same reasons that you guys were like, I don't know, like people going to feel this way. And eventually I was like, no, fuck it. Like I had enough people be like, please have a Patreon so I can support you. Well, yeah. And- Go ahead. No, no, you're so good. So enough, um, enough just about us trying to have conversations that Nathan and I should probably just have off the podcast. But fuck it. We're very transparent. <laughs> we're super transparent over here. You can edit it out. Chop them no, transparent. Keep it in. Fuck it. We're going to be tr- we're yeah. transparent here. <laughs> um, when did we're you, transparent here. Yeah, when did you start moving towards social media with your art? So actually when I moved to Seattle, so where I came from in a small town, like I had an Instagram and maybe had like sans 500 followers. And in the last like three years, I'm now at like uh, 8,000. Still haven't got that magic 10K number. Um, But through being shadow banned and like shit on a lot through the algorithm, I feel like I'm doing pretty okay. Um, Pretty okay. But uh, yeah. Like I've always done like Facebook. I don't have a personal Facebook. I have a business yeah. Facebook. I've only ever that, really had that. That's a good idea. Yeah. I just, I'm not, I'm not really into it. Like yeah. I had Facebook when I was like 18, 19 and like, couldn't keep my mouth shut for certain yeah. people. Like for example, uh, you'd have the girls, remember the duck face for mm-hmm. everything? Everyone oh had like that pose with their kissy yep. lips and it was like obnoxious. So uh, this started going around on 4chan uh, in high school, but I kept it and always did it to other people. And it was, I would take a hand that was holding a joint and just Photoshop <laughs> it in front of their mouth and like resend it to them. Or like 
you'd see a group, like a picture of like a bunch of girls together and one of them would just have like an awful fucking face. And so I'd take that face <laughs> and I would put it on all of their faces. Oh, no. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I used to do back, the same thing. That, I was such so a cunt funny. and it was just hilarious. So I was like, okay, Paige, like you're just being like an asshole. And I had to get off because it was just... I don't like I enjoy being a fucker, but like all in good fun, right? Like I didn't actually yeah. want to like offend people or hurt their feelings because it's like it's one thing if people are like, I don't like you because you're a slut. I'm like, well, that's not true. But also I understand that that's coming from a place of your own insecurities. But then you have the ones who are like, I don't like you because you hurt my feelings. I'm like, wow, that is awful. What can I do to fix that? I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to instigate that. And, and I realized that it ultimately as much as people might be good at navigating conflict, conflict never actually feels good. I would argue people are like, oh, there's people who love conflict. I'm like, no one really loves it. It's just an emotional connection and it's a strong emotional connection. And for some people who don't fucking feel anything or have a lot of anxiety or anger, it's like the social media equivalent of fucking cutting yourself. You have a moment where you can control this outward lash and get attention and it gives you a feeling, right? And it's yeah. a strong feeling. And I think people connect with that more than they actually do with the concept of conflict in and of itself. Well, you also have a very I, I aggressive feel sense like of humor. Get addicted to it. Yeah. I can. I can. I definitely have a necessary It's not a bad I don't thing. really per se change, but I do think that there are times where it's not appropriate. So there's, you know, there, there's just you learn how to filter yourself through years of retail, but I've found that in my life of sales, like, cause I did sales for a lot of times too. Right. And like, yeah. I've never had a sales job not to be like, I'm so good, but it's like, I've never had a sales job that I wasn't ranked top in the nation at, whether it was like selling trees and tickets at Costco when I was 18 or selling cell phones at the wireless kiosk or selling shoes. When I was at Payless at 16, I was always like super high ranked in what I did. And it was because I didn't need to lie. Like I'm ready to work the cell phone kiosk and I had this just garbage can of a manager. He later got fired for like sexual harassment, no surprise. But he ended up like uh, being that person who would just straight fucking lie to people. Like he tell, uh. like I remember him holding a flip phone, telling a woman, you know, she's like, "Can I send pictures to my grandkids?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, of course." And I'm like, "Hey, uh, Dax, that phone doesn't have a camera on it." Um, uh. there's, there's like a lot to unpack because, well, for starters, there's so fucking much. You're a very aggressive talker, which isn't, it's not bad, but you. It's not bad. It's actually wonderful. Yeah, like it's you. Like, I feel you like this is the podcast us. I've had to think the least about because you can. The least of You just like, we give you a direction. You just fucking go. Yeah. And it's wonderful. We went from prostitutes. Oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you like we it. We went from prostitutes, porn, what you did in college. Yeah. 12 year olds, me puking at tits. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. We've kind of went all over the fucking place, which is whatever you know i'm just here to have a good yeah. time well, that's pretty great i'm not complaining knows, maybe it's maybe it's because uh i spend so much time alone like doing my artwork like it's funny because a lot of people will think i'm really extroverted and it's like this is what happens when like i guess a like a a nerd like stat dumps into charisma or something <laughs> but it's like i can well, i can I spent a lot of years arguing and getting pretty good at arguing. So um, I guess I'm not really afraid to talk, but at times I'm like, oh, well, you know, it might not be received well, Paige. Maybe you should just shut the fuck up. So I've had to learn the hard way a lot how to shut the fuck up in my life. When did you get I involved with guns? <laughs> so hard. 
Oh, guns. So I've never been afraid of guns. Um, uh, maybe this uh, part would be redacted. I don't know. But my uh, piece of shit ex uh, used to like, you know, mill out ARs with his friend who's a cop. And then they would like sell those because my ex had like a bunch of fat grows and stuff that he did. And that's actually how he made his uh, millions. He ended up um, uh, opening some dispensary like a couple years before he ended up cheating on me with a secretary, which is actually why I moved to uh, Seattle. So oh, fun fact, I, yeah, I was with someone for eight and a half years and uh, it was actually the best thing that ever fucking happened to me because I'd wanted to move my whole life out of my shitty little town and it was finally the excuse, but I had been kind of into guns back then. You know, I mean, I'd always like grew up in a place where if you call the cops, it takes hours to fucking get there. Like yeah. our own house had been broken into because people thought there was a grow there when there wasn't like when I was like, like at my family's home, like shit like that happened all the fucking time. So, you know, it was important to know how to defend yourself. I was never afraid of guns, you know, grew up on motorcycles or like shooting cans and whatever in the backyard. Um, but it wasn't really until I got up here to Washington and became friends with Roy and then, yeah. you know, Roy, uh, got into shooting. What's that? Roy, the Landalorian. Oh, yeah. No, no, that Roy is uh, the owner of Weapon Outfitters. I am an idiot. I I just, I, I forgot what yeah, Lando is. Jackson, Jackson, Jackson is the Landalorian. I, That's okay. <laughs> I, I just thought his name was. I, I, it's funny I, I just at made this that because I've had four white claws. No, that's great. Um, it's house. funny because there's been a lot of people who thought like Roy and I were married because he'd like post about me and like Jackson and I are together. You know, we've been together now for a while, but that's, you know, how we met through there. But I naturally just kind of got into guns. Like Roy had some stuff and I'd always wanted to learn and being from yeah. California, um, it was unfortunate, but I never really gotten to experience things to the full extent. So now I was in a place surrounded by people who are so fucking smart and know so much like Jackson's been to so many classes. He's certified in so many different things, like getting to do one-on-one -on -one training with people who are engineers of high-level military optics for, you know, B.E. Myers and shit, doing, hanging out with my dumb ass, teaching me how to shoot because they do like competitive shooting. And I'm like super excited to learn all this stuff. And like, I don't, I'm just completely ignorant and getting the opportunity to have a gun in my hands and learn like beyond just the physics behind it, but the handling behind it, like I'm super comfortable around them and it's been really, really fun. You know, I don't pretend to be good. <laughs> I'm not, I, I mean, mean, like I aim at a target and I hit, that's all we can hope to do. Right. That, that, that's kind better. of 99% of it. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, not really, but let's, let's pretend. There's a lot of like art and finesse to it. Right. Like I've done yes. martial arts now for about seven years. I'm working towards my black belt and it's funny In how what? many things awesome. translate. Yeah, I love. I'm very passionate about martial arts. I'll actually be um, hopefully opening a dojo here in the next year uh, with someone. Holy else. shit! What are you but, be teaching? Uh, some really, really epic traditional stuff. Um, basically, it's it's called Ichibo Tenchido, but it's a, a mishmash of uh, hardcore Japanese Shotokan and Okinawan like foundation, and then uh, Chinese martial arts as you progress through the ranks. It's pretty incredible, but. Um, yeah, that translates a lot, just even like finding your breath and finding your movement and working towards things. Like, it's funny to me how many people say, oh, I can't do art. I, I don't do art. And I'm like, art is not how well you can replicate 
perfectly material objects around you into paper. Like art is a practice in which you create something or have a practice that I think builds strong emotional or like inspirational like bonds through things. Like shooting is an art. To pull something out at a high speed and aim with perfect breath and stance, you know, with a fucking Glock to hit it 50 yards or something just every single time. That's incredible. You know, whether it's martial, whether it's cooking, whether it's dance, whether it's fighting, everything has an art, right? I mean, fuck, ask the Japanese. They literally have whole books on the art of uh, organization and literally, you know, archery or flower decorating. Like it doesn't matter, right? You can find an art in anything. And I really, really love that aspect of shooting. Uh, I love the aspect of there's no, at least everyone that I've surrounded myself with or had the, the pleasure of being surrounded with in this community has only been super accepting, excited to share their knowledge, excited to learn from each other, and always focused on safety. It amazes yes. me Mm-hmm. How many people act like they have this depiction of the gun industry of being a bunch of, you know, uh, fat Confederate flag waving, you know, guys yelling racist things with their yeah, mustaches. And I'm just like, that's fucked. not. Yeah. They can get fucked. No, yeah. and it's and that's not what it is. Like, guns are for fucking everyone. Like I work with this lady. I say work with. She's she's a friend of mine. Her name is Sharon Hinchcliffe, and she's actually one of the nation's leads, or is the nation lead for something called the Pink Pistols, which is the LGBTQ. Yes, the she's fucking epic this woman is like in the pouring fucking rain at the capitol at 6 a.m fighting for our rights and she is like alone worked so hard to bring like suicide prevention and awareness like rights to people who are minorities or marginalized like for weapons like it's amazing she does amazing we should try and get her on the podcast we have these oh i'm sure she'd like to i would totally get her on here yeah. She's a she's an epic lady and she can talk about all kinds of stuff. Real, real cool mm. gal. That sounds um, wonderful. Let, let, let's do that. Yeah, I, she's in my Discord. She's in my Discord, Nathan. So you can just hit her oh, up. Shit. She's in there yeah, all the time. If, uh, if you don't mind, I've but, had four white plus, so I would appreciate the reminder, but I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, that no, I'm sure she, I'm sure she'd love to be on. She's fucking awesome. And th- there when it comes to a lot of people like to shoot, but they don't you know, they'll go out and shoot and like the literature behind that's important. The activism, like the, the activism behind that's important. And being with a group of people who every single time we do anything, it's always focused on, uh, it's always focused around like safety and communication. Like I remember not long ago, I was out with Weapon Outfitters. We're all together and we're in a shooting pit and there were some other people who came by and, you know, they got their guns or whatever and we're like, well, hey, we're just about to do a safety brief. Like, you're welcome to come through. And keep in mind, these guys have all shot who knows how many thousands, tens of thousands, collectively millions yeah. of rounds between them. And yeah. we're getting ready to do a safety brief. And these fucking guys are like, oh, yeah, no, we're good. We know. We know. We know. We're like, well, you actually can just keep yeah, going. That's then. dumb fucking arrogance. Like, that's, not, that's dumb arrogance. Right. Yeah. And it's like, even here are people who've been shooting some for their whole lives or whatever. And it's like, we have, here's the person in the event of a fucking emergency. Here's where the shooting line is. Like you respect range cold or range hot. Like there's no, it's not cool to be a dipshit. I actually compare it a lot to, of all things, the BDSM community. It's like when you get people who are like, you know, oh, who fucking cares about consent? You know, consent. Like who cares about limitations? Like you're not really 
you know, you're not really a masochist if you don't like these things. You're a submissive. And they're like, you can get fucked because that's not so how this dynamic dumb. works at all. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that same kind of concept where it's like, if you don't respect safety, like that is the number one priority of this community is safety and education. And like, I mean, yeah, we're there to have fun, but it's like that, that is the priority all the time. You know, it's like, even if you're in an office with a bunch of people where they all know that that gun is unloaded, like it is showing clear and unloaded. They all still treat that gun like it's loaded. And like, that's what you're supposed to do. Good. Yeah. So I don't know. I think what has really attracted me to this to this uh, community is the fact that there is just that, like real community. Yes, yeah. there's elitism. Yes, there's extremism. That exists within every subculture in this fucking planet. And yes. most people aren't that way. The majority yeah. of people aren't that way. Like I have a belief that extremism really exists online. Like it's pretty much on the internet. Everyone I talk to, doesn't matter where they come from, 99% of the time we can have a human conversation, interaction, and learn from each other in that well, moment. It's well, that's the biggest thing that I usually try and bring up. It's you could be a Democrat or Republican and online you're going to fucking hate each other. But if you just put two people in the fucking room, either they're just not going to talk to each other, but they'll still be respectful or they'll just have a conversation about whatever's going on in life. But online, it makes it so easy to feed into everything is politics. Everything is my way or your way. And you're a fucking terrorist if you disagree with me. Yeah, you you go online. uh, All all the time online, you feel like the world's about to end. Because everyone's so fucking angry. Everyone's so... Just bitter and hateful, and then you know, in real life, it's not really like yeah, that. And from the it's not, and from the outside looking in, when you see everybody that's already bitter and angry, be it no matter what clique you're a part of or what political affiliation, everybody is angry. <laughs> but when you start yes. to add guns into that, people see angry people with guns. What they yeah. don't see is angry government, who also has guns. And it turns into something where it's they have guns are dangerous because they're angry, not everybody is angry. Why is everybody angry? Let's just not be fucking angry with each other. Let's not. Let's not. You know, it's a it's a crazy concept to me that one person is elected to lead the millions of people that live in this country and think of how vast the United States is. It's so fucking big. There's so many people. I guess I, I just look at this and maybe this goes back to being like literally when I was on 4chan, the things that they were talking about when I was 15 have all come to fruition now. And it's funny to like see some of that shit and be like, Oh, you know, at what point does it's just, this political divide is very much on purpose, right? Like there isn't one person who leads. I think if anyone thinks like, I I don't know, at this point, the fact that politics, medical history and finances for myself can't be private anymore is ridiculous. Like I have to be a thing. Like I can't just have political views and beliefs. Like I have to be somehow clumped into a category that just by saying that you identify with something already makes you, already puts you in a mindset to associate with that thing. And it's like, there's already a group in think that happens just with identifying with a single element like that, right? And nowadays, you know, we have a lot of angry people online because there aren't any other vices. There is a statistic, and you can double check this if you if you pull it up. It's something like in the United States of America, like 90% of all tweets, 90% of like all political tweets are made by less than 2% of the population. Yeah. 
I, I, so, I remember reading reading about that. Like the general demographic of Twitter is just like uh, around middle class or like lower lower middle class white women or something like that. It, it was. You know, I don't know how like, true that is, and please fact check me. But I mean, I, like, from so, what I'm understanding, like that sounds right, right? Because I mean, unironically, I believe for the most part, like white women have like ruined the nation, and it's <laughs> you know, I, I believe that. Fuck white women, and it's like. It, I mean, it's like, and not to say again, like, and this is something to say that there are things that identify as a group that don't account as individuals. Like on an individual basis, something can mean something else versus yeah. being a part of a whole, right? And yeah. why I say this is just like I've seen over time and time again, you know, right now we have these almost surgical divides in the community. And it's fascinating to me to see that you have one group of people who is saying, Let's use this comparison. I think this is pretty easy. After after COVID, right? Or during the COVID thing, they're like, if you don't get vaccinated, you're murdering people and whatever. And like, you should die. Okay. Yeah. So just to say, well, j- just to say uh, for a moment, I, I'm not making any opinion about COVID in this instance. I'm just saying there are people who believe that if you don't get the vaccination, that you're selfish and you should die. Yeah. I, I saw a tweet earlier people, today. Well, we were told that say, in the uh, army. if you don't get the vaccination, uh, you should get shot. Yeah. Well, we were so told that in the army that, that we're selfish if we don't get the shot, but we, but we're yeah. not pressuring and, you to get it, but you are extremely selfish if you don't get it. And I'm using the example of death because there are people saying you should die if you do this or that's what they get. You know, that when Texas had what they had going on with all the, um, uh, frozen, you know, when there was the winter there that was fucking up people and people were saying like, oh, that's what Texas gets. Like they should just fucking die. Like fuck these people. And I'm like, okay. Wow. So. You have at that point the right in opposition, for lack of better terms, I'm going to use right and left here. You have the right being like, well, that's so shitty. Like you really think people would like, you know, that other people should die. Like we're still all human and whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Put a pin in that because I also hear all the time, kill a communist, kill commies, kill pedophiles, like whatever. I'm like, you can't chastise somebody for dehumanizing a group of people that they believe is in the wrong when you're doing the same well, thing. It sets a, it's, it's cognitive dissonance. It sets a precedence. So- Right. And I, I agree that there's like context and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's if you strip away the context from it, you have at its base people dehumanizing other people by whatever means that means. Right. Because it's in a world right now where we can't really trust but verify in a world where we can't log on and type something in because analytics, depending on what browser you use, what your location is, and whose account you're logged into, you're going to get totally different results on yeah. Google, on DuckDuckGo, right? right everything- It's designed for it. it. It's, it's, it's absolutely designed for it. Everything is propaganda. Like yes. if you're watching a sad commercial- for the ASPCA and there are animals that look sad, like anyone in their right mind is going to be like, oh my God, of course, of course I want to donate to these animals. Yeah, of course, because that commercial has moved you to feel that way. I work in marketing. My job is literally to get someone to feel a thing, to buy a thing. That is what you do. Like that's what you do. And so whether it's a meme on Facebook that says something that makes you angry or whether it's an ad that makes you feel sexy or something that makes you feel cool All of these things are designed to sell us something. And right now, we've all had a drip line of social media feeding us an algorithm that is made to perpetually keep us in this state, especially when, like, you can't go outside, you can't do certain things. That, like, peak lockdown, there are friends that I have that I'm just not going to have again. 
And it's not because I'm not like open to that. They're just fucking gone. Like all they had was Twitter for their life feed and they're so fucking depressed and shut off from the rest of the world. I'd be really surprised if I ever saw them again, despite all my efforts to reach out. So, you know, I absolutely, I've lost so many friends over this lockdown for the same reason just went online and now it, it became their identity. Well, and that's they had nothing else. So they, yeah. Right. Like making politics, your identity is something that it's, it's dangerous. It's so dangerous to just the fabric of everyone. The fabric of this country, the fabric of society, it is dangerous to make politics your personality because then you get the, I mean, obviously we're going to still have the divides, but then the divides start to become personal. I remember a time growing up in school where we would debate on, you know, uh, John McCain or Obama or, you know, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter. Like you would debate about it. You had your opinions and then you went to fucking lunch yeah, you went to recess, you went to gym class, you went to other class, and it was over. It was done. Now, though, I'm speaking with my little brothers who are still in high school. They're twins. And I was asking them after the Task Force Doomer episode about um, what, what did he bring up? Um, raci- racial, uh, critical race theory. I was asking them if yes. they were being taught critical race theory. They said no, but there are a lot more political debates going on orchestrated by the teachers. And what ends up happening is if you do not agree with one side or the other, you get ostracized, you lose friends and it's becoming people's personalities at such a young age. And it's affecting relationships at such a young age that this generation, I mean, our generation too is going to grow up and just become so at our core different and unable to overcome these differences and still be civil with each other that I really fear that eventually the, you know, the, the kettle is going to boil and bad things can happen when politics are your personality. I don't know. I, it's, I almost think like, it's interesting because like my, my brother's uh, 18. He actually just moved in with uh, Jax and I after uh, graduating high school. So he just went through his junior and senior year of COVID. Uh, funny enough, I have some cousins who are twins who are going into their senior year. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so I get, when I say like I'm the oldest of 30 some odd cousins, like I just had another baby cousin born like a week ago. So I have a very big family and I'm close with most of them. Um So I get to have a really interesting perspective with all these kids going through all different ages of school and stuff right now. And what I see happening is what's going on right now is unsustainable. There's so much pressure. It's like digging out under a cliffside, right? And it's just, it's at that point where you keep taking earth away from it and it's just going to tumble down. Like there's not... We can't ever exist in a society. There will never be a government that pleases everybody. That's just never going to fucking happen. That can't unless you eradicate all opposition, right? Right now, I truly believe we're in a civil war, right? Brothers and sisters are talking to each other. Family members have denied each other. Like a a country being and growing up in America my whole life, you know, we're the country with the big dick. And it's yes. not even so much Gigantic. that we have the strongest military or the most Vainy. money, but it's because we have the most presence. Yes. So America's ubiquitous. We fill all these little holes all over the world that if we pulled out, if we were an isolationist state during World yeah. War II, Germany would have won. 
right? But it's because of America's involvement in the world that things have been a little bit different. So we're out there. And in order to fight something like America, you can't just punch it in the face. You have to demoralize it. And this is something that whether or not, uh, you know, there's a lot of alternative theories out there to why America is the way that it is or for how long these things have been going on, you know, whether it's uh, tinfoil hat, Illuminati shit, whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I think uh, the fact that the word conspiracy theory is negative was because during the Nixon administration, they worked really hard to uh, pair people uh, in interviews and stuff with their crazy alien stories or whatever it is that they had at the time and intentionally made that word look bad with marketing because what was happening was true, right? It's kind of ironic because of all of of the things that have been declassified from that era and how fucking horrific they are. Well, and that was the thing is Watergate was real shit. So it's amazing that conspiracy theory, like the actual definition is that a belief that some covert but influential organization is responsible for a circumstance or event. It's basically just that. And people have turned it into mean some crazy fucking thing. And it's like, it's it's not. It just means that there's alternative shit going on. And it's like, we can only speculate because at the end and the bottom of the food chain, we're all just a bunch of fucking plebs trying to make money off a system that uh, isn't always in our favor, right? Yes. And I think that what's happening is unsustainable. When I look at my brother and I look at my cousins, I see a generation of very inquisitive kids who for the first time are starting to believe in, like my brother has incredible work ethic, but these kids don't necessarily embrace working until you die and that's the only thing that's important. I agree with that. I'm starting to see some really positive changes. Yes, there's negative ones as well, but it's like, this isn't gonna work. Like what? Okay, like I really think too, like let's just go into this, right? Say you have a bunch of fucking uh, gun-hating, you know, blue-haired, angry, you know, whatever people standing and screaming about how bad things are. And I'm like, what are you going to fight me with? Like the wrong gender pronoun? Like I, you're going to lose that battle on foot, right? But what it comes down to is I think a lot of people right now have to kind of accept the fact that it's like America has fucking cancer. And there's some people who I see this a lot on, dare I say, the right, you know, being on the right side of the industry sometimes, people who are like diehard, you know, America's we, we've got this and these things and it's like we have to accept that we have cancer yeah like whether or not you want to believe it your organs are failing yeah. and you have to take extreme measures to fix that whatever that means yeah. like you know what's what's America's chemotherapy right and that's where it gets dangerous unfortunately that right correct, there because that's when you get you that's when you do get real extremism right that's where you do get people being like oh we have to destroy this or destroy that and ultimately something somewhere inevitably will give right now it looks like that's the general freedom of the public yeah and it's like we kind of keep making compromises because we have to and all these people talk tough about even biblically right you talk about the mark of the beast and stuff who knows maybe it is the qr code for the passports or whatever maybe it was the fucking internet that we're all forced to have and live our lives off of now and can't function without it but ultimately let's say there's a very blatant this is the mark of the beast right and people all interpret it as that. You really think every genuine, I'm going to say genuine, like diehard, like Christian father is going to take a knee, look their four-year-old son in the eye and say, you have to starve because yeah. Jesus loves us? Fuck no. They're going to compromise and survive because that's what humans do. We adapt. We're amazing yeah. at adapting. That's yeah. what makes us 
the superior species on this planet. That's, I mean, maybe there's like some sentient like cuttlefish or something. Like I like to fantasize about that. But ultimately, for now, like humans as we know it are the powerful species because we have the ability to adapt and innovate. Dogs can love, animals can love, animals can even, you know, some critically think and puzzle solve in certain ways. But as humans, we have the ability to adapt and innovate. We have creativity. We have these things that enable us to go everywhere. Uh, in the similar, uh, in the similarium, wow, similarium, similarium, yeah, <laughs> the similarium. Uh, it's talked about how when God created humans, He gave them the gift of immortality because He was God's. They, they were God's favorites, and the reason He gave them the gift of immortality is because they were effectively the get shit done race. As people, because we lived and died so quickly, we had to evolve faster than anything else, like a maggot that proliferates and turns into flies, or any other species on the planet that replicates for the sake of survival. This is why we can study nematodes and rats in labs, right? Because they breed so quickly and they breed quicker than we do. But as people, we have this gift given to us where we evolve so fucking quickly. And as much as we can make predictions, there have been books and old literature about the times and the dreariness of the world since literally the 13 and 1400s. So every single year, for as long as I can remember, even in my adult life, and I'm going to be 29 this month, there's been people holding signs saying the world will end. And it's like, it just might. But you know what? Some five years ago, I lost my brother to uh, leukemia. He was in the military. He was about a year and a half younger than me. He got sick and he died. It was really shitty. But I'm so sorry. with that, I learned a lot of them. You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm not, and that sounds awful, but it's in the way that not all things are good, but there is always good in all things. Yes, it would have been cool if he lived. Uh, I would much rather he still be here today, but we didn't even have a relationship. I wasn't even on like speaking terms when I donated stem cells to him. So it's like we ended up having this incredible relationship that we otherwise never would have have had. I learned so much about my life and about things that gave me intrinsic and inherent value that I never would have had, I don't think, or at least me, I don't know how I would have discovered it otherwise. And then my other brother, who's 11 years younger than me, we are so close. We've always been close. And it's like that only made our relationship and life stronger or better. But I don't know. After Riley died, it's just kind of like, you know, we really are just a ball of fucking rock floating through space. And anytime Mother Nature can take us back, this planet will always be fine. People may not, but this planet will. Fucking look at Chernobyl if you need an example, right? You got deer growing with three fucking eyes and extra legs and whatever and plants all over. It's doing fine. You know, we all we figured it out from nothing. It's just like, that's, that's, again, that's what we do. That's what we adapt. So I think that even on a level beyond just physiology, but like in psychology and how we do things, like humans keep growing. We keep innovating. And I don't think that it's, you know, useless optimism or something to think like, ah, stuff might change. I just afford myself the room to be surprised. And there's so much we can't do that I just ask myself, what can I do? Because there's a lot we can do. We can build communities. We can, you know, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but damn, I have some friends who are. And through all of this, I've been able to get incredible information straight from the mouth of someone who works in immunology and like building vaccines or straight from someone who works in, you know, epigenetics and understanding the evolution of the human body and like getting 
the opinions of those beyond me and forming my own, I can do that. I can cook dinner for my friends. I do know my neighbors. When I move into a new apartment, I make a note for the people above and around me and I invite them into my home if they need something. Like in the 90s, as a kid, I often say we were like the last generation to play outside. I still had the phone numbers of my neighbors on the fridge. Anyone listening to this now, how many of you guys know your neighbor's fucking phone number? How many of you guys have that in the event of an emergency that you can call on someone above, below, or next to you? That's amazing. I think community is something that's lost these days. It's super, it is so, 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 so important. But we live, and this is, again, kind of, you know, a tired, tired thing that, you know, pretentious people say all the time. But we are simultaneously, you know, more connected through the internet and everything else and further apart than we've ever Mm. been in human history. When talking about the cancer that is happening in America right now. What do you think the solution mm-hmm. is to that as Paige? For me, um, I believe that I can continue to foster good relationships. I believe that I can have these conversations with an individual and like a spider web, right? Being at the center of it. If I do my best to be a kind person, God, being a shitbag is so easy. It's fucking yeah. hard to be, uh, I guess, for lack of better words, good, right? Good people aren't inherently good because good things happen to them. It's that when faced with adversity, they don't compromise their morals or their beliefs, right? But I can be open. I can listen. I trust people. I, I trust people. Doesn't mean that I'm vulnerable. I can be open. And I can, for the most part, like if we really evaluate how much we trust everything that we do, right? Like when you walk into a building, you're trusting that every fucking architect that formed that did their job right so it doesn't collapse on you. Every day we trust within reason that the vehicle next to us isn't just going to swerve and hit us, right? That's why we can zone out when we drive. So why can't I extend even that level of baseline trust to other people? And even if this world is a simulation, even if everything's just a fucking projection of uh, my own consciousness and I can't disprove that, like Jax always says, shit, you even play video games to win. If I play a video game to win, why the fuck am I not going to play my life to win? And why would I not be good to people? That's just so much better. It's so much easier to just, maybe not always easier, but damn it, I think it means more and it has more impact. You know, like someone can be looking at me who's a genuine racist, someone who genuinely hates people of a certain color or religion or walk of life or whatever. And I would understand that they're coming from a place like somewhere along the line, that place is coming from genuine fear, fear of loss of what they love. Something has been indoctrinated into them that they believe that whatever's happening is taking from them, is taking their livelihood, their families, right? And I think that we cannot change perception without inception. If I can't understand who it is that I'm speaking to, how the fuck am I going to change their mind? I've changed people's minds about guns. I've changed people's minds about, you know, uh, sexuality, changed people's minds about some stuff. And maybe it's, you know, arrogant to say that I, not everyone will, will keep that. I, I can't guarantee that that'll happen, but I can try. And I think that that, to learn, to suffer, to help the others through their suffering, through our own, so that we don't suffer in vain. That's the human experience. And right now, that is what's been taken from us. 
whether it be online, through the media, through every form of propaganda that's thrown at us, we are made to be six feet apart and our heads six feet under the fucking ground. I refuse to do that. I will always have a cup of tea and the shirt off my back. If someone knocks on my door, they found my door for a reason. And it's like, I believe in that. So you think it comes down to an individual level? That is an level. attitude I wish so many more people had. Yeah, I agree. Um, it comes down yeah. to an individual level and it's just about human interaction. And that is something that yes. has been taken away through COVID. It's lost. And I think that's... It's lost in so many. It's going to affect us. We're going to see a ripple effect to this because now whenever somebody has a cough or the sniffles... Some people are going to be like mask six feet apart. And I do think in some instances, like in Japan, where they wear a mask if you're sick and that's just like the courteous thing to do. I think there's definitely benefits to doing so, but you're also free to do it and free to not do it. And you're less shamed and it's more, hey, you know. I kind of don't want to spread this thing if I cough on somebody. So I'm just going to be a responsible adult or some people are forever in their lives now going to be afraid of people that get the common cold. Um, But I think that there's always going to be something like that, right? Like, I don't know. I just see that what I try to not buy into is people still hold open doors for each other. I've coughed in public and people haven't shied away from me. Maybe there's some of that, but there's always been people who've avoided me for other reasons or might avoid a guy for other reasons or or what have you. If I guess it comes down to what I choose to focus on. I'm not going to be that person. You're not going to be that person, right? That's, That's how we make a difference. It's not standing on a podium and shouting to a million people. It's right here, this having this conversation and then having it with another. And then maybe even if it's just a fraction that someone takes, if they take that and implement it in a way that's healthy and good for those around them, great. There's no greater good. There's just what's healthy to do and what isn't. I definitely agree that. And, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I good. definitely agree that there are a lot of people with your attitude and with my attitude where I'm still going to do, I'm going to hold open the door. I'm going to try and talk with people in public because, you know, I like talking to people. I like interacting with people, but there will be a large portion of people who don't, who grow up and who live the rest of their lives because of COVID in fear of those who either haven't gotten vaccinated and fear of those who, um, get the sniffles and on the counter of that there's going to be people that have a very very strong distrust of everybody who got the vaccine and i think both are equally dangerous in the sense that they inherently whether one is right or one is wrong at their core they create and encourage a divide and it creates a you against them and i think the middle ground is something that is lost, context is lost, and there is a lot of nuance to everything that people don't want to recognize because it's hard to do it. It is easy to say, I'm on this side, you're on this side, go fuck yourself. It is hard to sit down and have that conversation and be like, hey, we're both human, we just disagree on how we're going to proceed with X, Y, and Z. I would argue it's hard to have that conversation in an Instagram thread but it's not hard to have that conversation because here we are. Social media makes and it And I difficult. feel that I've had that. 
It does. But the, again, like I, I wish social media isn't real. The lives yeah. we post, the things we do, like we can do our best to be genuine in certain things. It's not fucking real. Just that. Just it's not. that. Leave it at that. Like the more we can dis, like if we can associate, like associate ourselves with the parts of life that matter and disassociate from the parts that don't, like we, we don't have a good way of compartmentalizing right now. Right. It's, it's unfortunate, but this, our cell phones, the shit, our computers, that that's all been forced on us at this point, even in just the last couple of decades where we're not allowed to exist without having a cell phone or an email anymore. Like you can't, you can't sign up. The people talk about, you know, oh, Mark of the Beast, the thing where you can't even get your groceries or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, we got credit cards. Yeah. Like a bunch of places won't even take cash. Yeah. Like there are people that if you paid in cash, you couldn't buy groceries. Yeah. You want to tell me that that's not falling under the same category as those things? Like how is a cell phone any less oppressive than a fucking vaccine card, right? When it's like you can't sign up for services. You can't have jobs sometimes if you don't have phones. You can't get access to basic needs sometimes without just those those simple things. And I don't agree that uh, I, I don't. I don't agree with the fact that, you know, people should be forced to do anything. I think with anything that if there's risk, there should be choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. If there's risk, there should be choice. You know, like with a vaccine, right? mRNA vaccines are something that have only ever had trials with uh, Ebola patients. They're fairly new in technology as far as what they offer. And not to get too crazy into the science of it, um, because it would only be secondhand. Uh, but ultimately, I think what is crazy is right now in the us against them thing, you do have people who are like, oh, you're anti-vax. And I'm like, I totally believe in Western medicine. Like I have meningitis vaccines. I have hepatitis vaccines. I have all these things. But like to take something that isn't even FDA approved, not that I believe that the FDA is really our friend, but it's a little bit better than not. I'm like, well, at least we could have a comprehensive clinical trial that's been with a controlled group of people with consistent results over six months, because that's the like borderline basis for an FDA approval in a clinical trial, I believe, is six months of a controlled group where like you take like labs and blood work, find like similarities to say these are potential side effects. Because like right now someone will be like, oh, we have to pull this vaccine because there are blood clots. I'm like, you have a bunch of women that's under 100 people. Like that's not a fucking statistic. Like I take birth control. That's enough to make me predisposed to a fucking blood clot literally at any given time. So you have these people arguing to pull things with statistics that don't make any sense because they're not a real statistic. And then with like vaccine, like, oh, you're anti-vax if you don't want a vaccine. I'm like, hey, bro, I have, I'm really immune compromised after having what I had done when I donated stem cells. And like, I can't just put a bunch of shit in me willy nilly. Like I have to really read all the ingredients, understand what they do before I take those risks. Cause I can't take risks again physically like I did when I donated stem cells. It could potentially end my life. So that I think can be mostly solved with the conversation. Unfortunately, if someone is, the loss really is at the people who demonize others and close themselves in, right? Like 100%. if that's what they're going to do. Right. And I just, ultimately in all of this shit that happened in 2020, the riots never came to my front door. In fact, the riots made business better for a lot of people. It shit on small businesses, absolutely. But I'll tell you what, uh, gun sales were real good. The gun industry profited immensely from the shit that was Gas happening. Mask. The gun industry profited almost better than anyone else out of the fucking riots and COVID in the way that it stands. So oh, people talk about people profiting. 
I'm like, hey, yeah, it was, you know, buy toilet paper, get a shot, you know, sell guns, buy guns. Like it's only benefited, honestly, me and my life, right? Like I, with the exception of. Oh yeah. Gas mask and Seaburn gear went crazy. On that note, uh, guys, I I feel like we should throw a quick note to our sponsor. Um, (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Weapon Outfitters. Weapon Outfitters. Uh, Shit, I forgot. Th- I don't have a bit for this. They're field. like the Costco um, of the gun world. 99 cents for your first month. After that, it goes up. That's not true at all. Weapon Outfitters doesn't cost anything. They're also not sponsoring us, but we're just going to shout them out anyway, because, you know. <laughs> They're good stuff. Bye, bye, yeah. bye. No, drunk yeah. Nathan. Go, go see like Weapon that. Outfitters. Clinton. They're probably not even going to hear this. Yeah. But, Clinical you know, drunk they're, Nathan. They're a bunch of cool dudes. Yes. <laughs> Well, the, the, what is cool though about like uh, about Weapon Outfitters too is the fact that you know like you have people like Jackson and, and Roy both uh, really look into the quality of things, not just yes. like you know one army guy used it and they're like military grade, and you're like that's yeah. not how that works. You know, uh, understanding the actual like I was at the dinner table the other night and this was like beyond me, but we were sitting with a, a friend of ours who's uh, an engineer and, and works a lot in the firearms industry with stuff. And he was talking about the ore composition of different metals for different types, uh, some bolt carrier. And they were like fully breaking down the science of each thing and the nuance between the two of like cost versus like availability and where something comes from. And it's like, that's how much Jackson cares. He'll have those conversations and go places to get that information to make sure that it's like, oh, if this is with this, this will only last for this amount of time. Or if this has this finish on it, it's not going to work for this piece or that might look cool, but it'll fall apart. And I think cherry picking the things that are of high value are really important. And even being ignorant to the gun industry and just kind of being in it for the last like three years, uh, I've learned a lot enough. I don't know a lot, but I know enough just enough to know when something isn't good. And I'm like, oh, these are one of the poor guns they're talking about, you know? Like- yeah. <laughs> well, how about those high point carbines, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's a, uh, I, I, oh my God, I was just, um, uh, I just saw Grantham's video not long ago on the oh, high point. No. He did. Hey. It was so, it was oh, so good. Man. It was so I, good. And I, I just love that so high point. High Point is like the weeb community that like, you know, us like weeb otaku trash are like, we're garbage yeah. and we know it and we love being degenerates. High yeah. Point's like, we're degenerates, hop on the train. You know, I, I respect <laughs> that super hard as just like a, a business move. Yeah. I remember I, I went to High Point's page like the day after I watched the, oh, the review and there there was a couple day old post being like, Garen Thumb, yeah, you know, is- our... <laughs> <laughs> the review drops tomorrow of the High Point Carbine, only the best of weapons for space soldiers or whatever bit they did. And the first comment right at the top was, this post aged like milk. <laughs> and I think I laughed harder than when watching the it, actual video. If we, ever, if we ever have him on, I, I do want to ask him what his communications with High Point looked like after the video dropped. Oh no, it was great. He he totally gave him a shout out. Like they knew what they oh, were yeah. for. And like yeah. first of all, Grantham is a fucking awesome guy. Like yeah. it's funny how many people oh. don't know. Like I've I don't know how I've gotten to uh have the pleasure of like he's very kind interacting yeah, with all these people somehow. Nice. But like uh Jackson and I were over at his house a couple weeks ago and we were like hanging out and I, I made him some cookies because I didn't do some artwork with them and our dogs had a play date, it was beautiful. But he's like so passionate about what he's into and like it was a we hung out for several hours and it was just so fun to 
be, it's always fun to be around people who are so fucking passionate. And he like lights yeah. up and gets so excited and is like, oh my God. Like Jackson was talking about uh, some composition of something and he's like, I don't even know what that means. Tell me what that means. <laughs> and like they're sitting down, he's like picking his yep. brain and asking him all these questions. It was really fucking cute. I like and that. And then uh, it, it's amazing. It's funny too, like how every time there's beef in the industry over things too, like I take everything so much with a grain of salt now. Like, yeah, okay, so. Um, you guys may or may not know this, um, but my cousin is Matt Best. Uh, you may know him as Black Rifle Coffee Company and <laughs> all that stuff. Oh, so, oh no! What's oh, crazy? Oh, to not, me not actually. Is, oh no! We, yeah. But as you know, they've been under fire and scrutiny for some mm -hmm, things mm -hmm, that it, yeah. it's 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 wild to me. Like back when the Kyle like Rittenhouse thing happened, all these people were like, "You're anti two A and whatever." Like how things get blown out of proportion so much. Oh yeah, the cancel like, culture in the two yeah, communities. It's fuck. tough. It's so fun. And they talk well that's the thing. They point their finger at the left for being this toxic, whatever eats their own. I'm like, we're eating our own. Yeah. And it's not benefiting anyone. And it's like like when I was talking to Matt about it, he was like, I had actually texted him like, dude, what the fuck happened? This was back during the Rittenhouse thing. And he's just like, dude, he called me and he's just like, this is so fucked up. He's like, I was just on the phone like texting Donald Trump Jr. like a week ago about gun right like legislation and stuff like they are so ridiculously pro 2A but like I can't you know necessarily speak on the political commentary of like everyone mm -hmm, in that but I do know that things get blown out of proportion I think that sometimes you have to question like sometimes you have to question moves like you know interviewing with somewhere like the New York Times or whatever but it's like that was when I see that, I, when you're when you're in the I light also that much, appreciate, yeah. But at the same time, I also appreciate. Maybe it's blind optimism at times, but I appreciate the fact. Just like I have a bunch of gay friends and trans friends or people who are afraid of fucking guns, that I can get into it. Sometimes, when you want to make a difference, you have to step into those other waters to try oh, and make, it, make yeah. something be seen. And it's unfortunate because. Yeah, there's plenty of times that I've opened up to people and been like, oh my God, she's just like into guns and whatever. But I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. You're not going to win with everyone. I think that it was much like how, which Super Bowl was it that Marshawn Lynch was literally like I'm just, just here, a so few yards fine. away from the touchdown line? Oh, yeah, Seahawks. And they decided to make another play. Yep. Yeah, you know, and they were like, just just give it to Mark, just give it to him and let him step over the line. And everyone was like, why? I think sometimes people make bold moves to try and do something so that if it executes, it works and it's not always received well. When it is, it can be an amazing thing and it can make a difference, but that's the risk that you take. And unfortunately, we are in such an in an incendiary environment right now that maybe from a PR perspective, especially in hindsight, maybe it wasn't a good idea. But I can see and I can appreciate, even if I don't fully agree with the effort that was there, right? So I do know that having been around these people, like uh, I hope to go visit, uh, Jax and I hope to go visit our, our friend Clean. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Clean is Clean, but he does like all the Tarkov streams and stuff. A really cool dude. Um, we're supposed to go kick it with him hopefully in September. And like just all these people are such cool, honest, genuine people. And being that close to, dare I say, celebrities, it just made me question 
every time I've ever seen someone pop up, any celebrity that has shit on them and like passed a judgment, it made me reconsider every time I've ever done that. Or when I do see the wild conspiracies that come out about things and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I was there for that, you know? Yeah. Or like when I was over at uh, GT's house, that's when uh, someone had made, he had made a comp. He had made a comment uh, on a post that was, you know, uh, criticizing one of T-Rex arms videos. And he's sitting there and he's just like, ugh. And we're like, oh, what happened? He's like, dude, I just verified that this guy's information about me was correct. And now everyone thinks I'm calling T-Rex arms like a fraud, a terrible person. He's like, I really like these guys. He's like, this is, he's like, I gotta go make this right. You know, and then like all these people are blowing all this shit up out of a fucking comment. And it's like, there isn't any nuance. And it's our responsibility to understand that there isn't nuance. And ultimately, at this point, you just have to expect the consequences and the fallout. That you have to anticipate that you're going to be misunderstood and just do what you're going to do. Yeah. Like, you just got to do what you're well, going to do. In, when yeah. you're in the public light that much, like anything you say... You know, you can't always be in, um, you know, like Grantham mode. Grantham, I'm sure, is just Mike, you know. I'm sure he is just a person. Oh, yeah. But people expect him always to be Grantham. And anytime he says something or does something in public, it's going to be interpreted, interpreted that Grantham is saying this. And why is Grantham saying things this way? It's like typecast. Way? It's typecast celebrities. It's the same thing, right? Like when a celebrity gets typecast to be one thing and that's the role they ever, always ever play and then they have to like break through other things, you know, like Jim Carrey playing in the Majestic to try and like break the mold of his, you know, uh, asinine humor or Adam Sandler playing in a serious movie, right? There has to be that transition, like how Disney characters, you know, eventually have the thing that they do where they're like, look, I'm sexy now, you know, and you have your Miley Cyruses of the industry. Like, those things all kind of have to happen, it seems like, for them to break that mold. But that's not always a thing for these family men or people who just kind of live their lives. Like, my cousin Matt is one of the most genuinely caring, mellow fucking people you've ever met. Like, yeah, he can be, like, silly and goofy and outrageous, but, you know, when we're hanging out, and, like, I stayed up at their place last February and helped with their aliens versus sci-fi video i did the zombie makeup and stuff it was super fun i know we're just like hanging out watching the fights and i've got my feet up and you know he's drinking a beer and we're just like it's that it's so just that even when he's hanging out playing his guitar talking to people like not that there isn't like silly and jovial conversation but people will be like oh my god you know the guy's such a douchebag and i'm like he's really fucking nice and mellow like i don't think you know matt you might know his videos yeah, well, but yeah. it's like he and, and his wife, Noelle, is one of my favorite people. She's so fucking, she, she's one of the most saint human beings I've ever met. She's so patient and so kind. And she gets so much shit too for like, she's got tits and she is a pretty gal. And so she gets shit on for being, you know, a, a pretty woman in the industry or just this other thing with fake tits. And it's just like, no, Noelle's a really down to earth, cool fucking woman. And no matter what we do, we're going to be perceived as other things. You know, Always. I'm sure that, you know, I, I, my art is more my personality. I don't necessarily, yes, I'm part of my brand, but I don't necessarily have to sell my brand with my own being in that way. Um, you know, it is nice when uh, your likes are a little low and I'm like, time to post a booty pic, you know, and then like you get your likes, you got to shill, you got to do what you got to do. It's yeah. that kind of world. But 
that, I mean, I do it all the time. Said, Occasionally, you know, the th- things get a little dicey, and I just post my toes and my butt, and everything's okay. Yeah, again. I send Nathan nudes. Yeah, you know, there was it. A... Oh yeah, that's how you build <laughs> strong bonds is through dick pics. Yeah, you know, oh, he's another, not even joking. Another... He sends pictures of himself taking a shit like every day. We're synced up now, every actually. Day. Oh, that's so special. We're synced, up. we're synced up. The last two times yeah. we sent them at the same. Yeah, time. we sent them at the same time. Oh my god, we're like, we're like. Do you like name them though, and like give them good captions, like like paintings? No, he'll he'll just send them without a caption. I'll open it. It'll be like, "See Bernard has sent you a photo," and I'll open it, and it'll just be like Mitch taking a shit, but it's from the top down, so I can see his naked. Yeah, I can, I can just see all of it. Well, just as that's special. it's always like yes, we'll be in the middle of a conversation, and I'll just continue the conversation with it. Like, oh, yeah. there's me shitting. But he, he will just throw a picture. And for the last two times, it has happened yeah. while we were both on the We've toilet. The statistical up. probability of that is fairly low. When we're like women in the workplace when they get like synced up or whatever. Isn't that a myth? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah we like, get synced up. That's magical. It is. We, we, magical. Our poops are synced. Our poops are synced. Our, bu- <laughs> oh our, our bubbles. Why didn't people listen our to buttholes us? Our buttholes are synced. Mitch. Anyway, the, <laughs> 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 the long and short. The long and short of the fucking shit is I'm I'm blessed to get to know people who are in these industries and doing things are quote unquote, you know, popular in a in a in a way. And it's like anyone who hears anything, like we're in a day and age, you can't even look up fucking medical facts and know if they're true online. You think that the rumor blogs from collective amounts of social media comments are are going to be real information? Like, you think that that's going to be real? Like, I don't know. Like, just take it with a fucking grain of salt. Maybe get to know people. Like, even if someone tells you, like, oh, that guy sucks. Like, hate that guy. Like, I hate that guy. Like, I-, I might, I'll take that into consideration sometimes. And for the most part, like, I'm still going to make my own opinion, you know? So I-, I encourage people to just make their own opinions. Don't let people vote for you in, yeah. in any way. Don't-, don't let people vote for you. Not about who your friends are. And if you're in a relationship where you got people telling you who the fuck to hang out with this shit, fuck them. Like, yeah. do what's healthy for you. Absolutely. Straight I up. agree. Well, we appreciate having you on. Um, I feel like we should have you oh, on this again. This is a blast. Yeah, we should have you on again because we like hearing you talk and you got a lot to say. So, actually, yeah. <laughs> Paige, if you want to come a, on again, this is fantastic. It's really nice to get you. Uh, any, anytime. I feel I'll like we didn't talk really. Talk. Sh- I, I'll talk I feel shit like about Ma- anything. So. Yeah. Mitch and I just kind of like sat back and you just fucking went off, girl. Like, that's a little embarrassing. The, the no, 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 no. It's, it's good. It's now. very good. Yeah. It's very good. It makes our job easier. I, th- I think it's fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah it, it does make well, our job easier. This is our vacation week, so it does. Yeah, help. this is our vacation week, so this was Not the that... easiest recording we probably had. Yeah, but but oh, like it, it feels like we have a lot more to say, and we should probably get you into like surprise Krugs when we record with her. Oh man, Krugs! Oh, I love Krugs is legit. She's one of my best friends. I fucking she's love great. her. I can't say enough good things about she's Kim. Great. Oh, she's oh, fantastic. I, she's fucking yeah. great. We should probably censor. Yes, Cruz is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, she's really awesome. Yeah. If you we we recorded with her last week, but um, she was a little too drunk and I was a little too drunk, and then the the recording fucked up. Yeah, it got it got. Uh, I was kind of sitting there. <laughs> we'll get it, it again. Little... We'll get it again. <laughs> I yeah. For every podcast we record, we scrap one. It's yeah, we're at about a 50% hit rate, but I feel like, yeah, you know, we, we, we hit sometimes it's all right, but well, I'm, I'm stoked that I could be here. So like, thanks so much for asking me. Like, it's always oh, weird. When people are like, we want to, 
we want to hear you talk. And I'm like, all right, if my dumb ass and little bag of life experiences means anything, cool. Yeah. I, well, no, you, you were lovely to have on. And I I, uh, I genuinely hope that we get you on again. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to get you Anytime. on again. Anytime. I mean, you yeah. know how to find me. So uh, I'm up to it. And I know, uh, Nathan, you and I are going to probably do a little, little artsy swap or something. Ooh. So that would actually be really Anytime nice. You need yeah. anything. Yeah. And yeah, we've got your Monday to... character coming at some point in the near future. Definitely. Well, you'll, I can't wait to you'll see be it. In the po- will, will you be in the podcast? Or- Nathan, are we doing podcast art for this Sunday? That's a you question. Uh, I was planning on it. I, okay. Uh, if, if Paige's episode comes out this Sunday, I'll, I'll have it done for this Sunday. It will come out this Sunday. I, I was planning on, on drawing Paige in like her style and then just doing us in our yeah, style. Yeah, kind of like how we did Task Force Doomer. That would be dope. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was actually pretty happy with how that came out. Yeah. I feel like... Yeah, that was a yeah. good one. That was a really good one. Well, Paige, you want to plug yourself? You. Talk about yourself. Talk about what you got going on, where we can find you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I am Pageosity on like everything. You can effectively just Google uh, P-A-I-G-E-O-S-I-T-Y and you'll find me on Instagram, Facebook, or my website uh, where I uh, draw titties, make fitties, and do other fine art too. Uh, but basically a lot of tactical weeb shit and everything in between um so if you enjoy uh artwork and um i'm actually pretty proud of some of my captions i put on my stuff they're pretty uh, good i time into some of those and they're they're pretty stupid but i'm always like haha i'm so funny but not really because women aren't funny but uh you can find me on pageosity.com <laughs> or anywhere else uh as it stands right now um i've always got a lot of projects in the work and one of my more fun things that I work on is Sauce Prime, which is my degenerate section of my artwork to keep it away from the, uh, you know, Karen crew and Zuck Nation. So if you enjoy anime girls getting ravaged because you're a man of culture, uh, check it out. And I have a password shop on my website called The Sauce. And The Sauce is where you get all the other uh, fellow degenerate hentai style artwork like stickers and shit, because why not? So yeah, that, that's me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, we really appreciate Hello. having you on. Fuck, um, yeah. I got to dip out and yeah. catch a flight. I'm going to Florida for all you hearing this. I got my dog already when you hear it. So I'll be posting pictures of that. Oh, send uh, pics. I can't wait to see we gotta him. we got to make a group chat yes. with the three of us. Um, that, that yeah, yeah, please nice. do. On we have Discord's a group chat great. with Krugs and we just like, we just shit post. Yeah, we do. It's just shit posting. That's great. Put me in there. We'll all be together. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, I talked to all the time so she, she's lovely well thanks for coming oh shout out to aws and applied gear uh the giveaway ends yes. tomorrow if you're listening Our to this on sunday sponsors. it ends on monday the next day you listen to this um so if you're listening to this sunday that monday we'll announce the winner um they're super cool maybe unless you're in canada or europe yeah. in which case get fucked i guess the next giveaway uh, i'm gonna just I, i'm gonna just pay for the shipping to whatever country um so we can just do it. Be, be careful. You could be sending stuff to like Slovenia for like $90 yeah, whatever. or something. Oh, I just got my applied gear belt. Uh, the EDC belt. It's actually pretty dope. Oh, yeah. I, I wore it yesterday for yeah. my anniversary. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking dope. But hey, you, you wore it to a fucking like five star restaurant. You better go get on your plane before you miss it. Yeah. You got yeah, a dog You're to fucking get. right. Yeah. Go get your dog. Mitch, what the fuck? Yeah. We're. we're we're shilling. Well, I mean, we're not. We're not shilling. Like, we, we're not getting paid for this. We just like the guys. But like, girls. Yeah. No, go get catch your plane. Yeah. Girls. Anessa. Yes, the the owner of uh, AWS. Is, yeah. Absolute sweetheart. An- Anessa's fucking. Yep. Dope yeah. as fuck. Um, I'm gonna go catch dope. my flight. Uh, pleasure. Thank you.